Welcome back to another episode of Learn American English with this guy. And I hear if you are listening or watching on Spotify, you might actually be able to see me. So hello for everyone else listening. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you are ready to learn some English. But before we get to the lesson, if you could do me a huge favor, give this a like, leave a review if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting platform. It really helps other people find the lessons and learn English. Again, thank you so much for watching or listening. Hope this helps. I'm not sure if you can tell, but in today's English lesson, we are going to be riding a roller coaster. And in today's English lesson, I want to talk about the different ways you can say you're scared in English. You could say, I'm nervous. I'm pretty nervous as we go up this hill. You could say that I am anxious. I'm having a little anxiety as I go down this hill. Here we go! say that you're going to be sick in English is that I'm going to toss my cookies. <laughs> that ride was so scary that all of the lunch I ate, I didn't have cookies, but all the lunch I ate, it may come from my stomach into my mouth and I might throw up oh all God. over the guys in front of me. Are you Hello? Thank you. I think I'll be okay. All right. That's English on a roller coaster. Thanks for watching. If you're looking for more English, I got kicked out of a 7-Eleven right up there. See you later. Bye-bye. What is everyone? Hope everyone's doing well. Right when I hit live, something weird happened in these headphones. So I hope you can hear me. Hope everyone's doing well. Today, we're going to learn a little bit about summer vacation in English. All of those terms you might need to know if you're visiting the United States for summer vacation. Huge shout out to Danny right off the bat. I don't think she is watching today. She is a channel member and she is in the United States right now. She's in New York, so I hope she's having a good time. Let's say hey to a couple people here because I saw them in the chat before. Audie was here. Hopefully he still is. And he says that he's ready to learn, which is great because I am ready to teach. 
Hope everyone here is ready to learn. Thomas, what's going on? Maria, hope you're doing well. Betty Lou, Betty Lou is here. Welcome, Stacy. Hope you're doing well. Anya, Anya is here live. I know she's been very busy. Dennis, how are you, man? Hope you're doing well. Freddie Wolf, also from France. Leticia is here. Brazil, Brazil is in the house. And a quick shout out to all of the people living in the Southern Hemisphere. That's what we call it in English. If you're living at the bottom of the earth, South America, Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, I'm sorry, you're getting ready for winter. But the rest of us, a little higher in the globe, in the Northern Hemisphere, we're getting ready for summer. So Fayez is here. Fayez always adds good stuff to the stream. Judah, hope you're doing well. Germany is in the house. Danke, Shane. I think that's all I know in German. Danke. And Luke is here, of course, from Poland. Poland. I talked with one of my students last night. Their mom, she was born in Poland. Yeah, she had a little bit of a Polish accent uh, last night. My school, my middle school had a dance and I went there to chaperone. Yeah. In the members, members chat, we have a discord server and uh, Maria, Luke, they've been members for a while. We go back and forth. There's team winter. Maria is part of team winter. She likes it when it's cold. And I know Luke and myself we're team summer. So we're having a good time right now. Summer. Ah, Hamburg. Hamburg. The Beatles. They got their start kind of in in Hamburg. Anya says, hey, Brent, it's great to be here today and see you live. Oh, that's not. I'm sorry that I'm glad you're here, Anya. I'm glad you're here and able to watch live. But she said she injured her feet. I know she often watches these live streams on replay while she's working out on the treadmill. So, all right. Dunsnay says, can't watch, but we'll be thinking of you on the replay. Ibrahim, he's been with the channel for uh, two and a half years since the channel started. One of my sur- first subscribers. Thank you so much. And Regis is here. Team Spring. Oh. Spring's good. Spring's good. It's almost like summer. It's like summer's little brother. Spring. Spring can be nice, though. Where I live, and I know in Poland where Luke lives, it can be wet during spring. So uh, when I used to live in the southern United States, spring was great. All right, let's get into this lesson here. Whoa. Hang on. There's a big, let's see. Manual. Oh, Manuel lives in a beautiful place, by the way. All right. Climate change. Ooh, I don't want to get too political, but uh, some people think climate change is political, but uh, things are getting warmer, right? Hard to, uh, hard to disagree there. Summer, Team Summer. Mega's here from India. Hope everybody is doing well. Let's get into the first slide here. The first slide is just introducing you to the lesson. And this is free. 
completely free. The great thing about YouTube is, you know, maybe you have to watch an ad, but then the rest of this lesson is going to be free. We have some flip-flops in the picture. We will talk about those soon. You have me in the picture, and I am wearing some sunglasses, and you can see my phone in the reflection of those glasses. I'm taking my own picture. I'm trying to look stern. The first one is amusement park. And for a lot of these, I will have a banner that will show up in the bottom of the screen. And you can use this to practice your shadowing or just get a little bit more information about the topic. And I like to put in these slides because if you can hear it, everybody can hear it on the podcast. Shout out to those on the podcast. But if you can see it either here live or on replay, I think it will help you with your English. So the amusement park. One place you might visit in the summer is an amusement park. Six Flags is the name of a famous one in the United States. Every year, my school would visit a local amusement park in my state. It's called Funtown. I've done two lessons from Funtown. One on a roller coaster and one on this crazy ride that drops you. But unfortunately, for the last three years, we have not gone to this amusement park at the end of the year. I'm sure many of you can guess why we haven't gone. There are a couple reasons, but Ferris wheel. You could. You could ride on a Ferris wheel. If you look at that picture, I'll make it a little bigger. The ride on the left, the one with the blue sky behind it, we might call that a Ferris wheel. The ride on the right, we would call those bumper cars. Here's a sentence for you. You could ride a Ferris wheel or the bumper cars at an amusement park. At an amusement park. One of my favorites, that's the roller coaster. And a roller coaster is something we call a thrill ride. When you ride on a ride, it might give you a thrill, that feeling in your stomach that you can't quite explain, little bit of nervousness, a little bit of excitement. Roller coaster is one type of thrill ride. A roller coaster is one type of thrill ride. And this is one of the rides I am actually able to ride. A few of them, I can't. If there is the same motion over and over, like in a circle, or we have another ride called the pirate ship. And it, I mean, it looks like a pirate ship, but it goes back and forth over and over. Uh-uh. I will get sick. I cannot ride on the pirate ship anymore. Funtown also has this ride we call the teacups. And it's literally giant teacups you sit in and spin. No, I'm out. I am not riding on the teacups. 
I don't want to say what I will do after riding the teacups. I'm pretty sure you don't want to know what I would do, but you could probably guess. And from time to time, I will check the chat just to make sure there are no questions. That's what a good teacher does, right? I might not have explained the topic perfectly. There might be some questions. Good teachers always check with their students to make sure there are no questions. And I hope I don't miss any. Sometimes I do, though. Whoa, manual. Can I ask you, teacher, why are you always wearing a cap at home? Um, I think the last couple lessons, I didn't wear a cap. But today, I do wear a cap. And um, sometimes you know, when you have hair that's disappearing, you know, some people might call it bald. It's always good to hide it. So sometimes I do. Sometimes I didn't feel like fixing my hair this morning. So I said, you know, I'll throw on a cap. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, Faez says, weather is not as hot as it used to be. At the time of the year out in Istanbul. Well, that's good. There's something wrong. Yeah, that can happen. We're having pretty average temperatures. But sometimes you might get a, a cold snap. I think next week's lesson will be about weather. We'll talk about heat index. We'll talk about cold snap. Not the regular English terms you might hear like rain and snow. You probably know those. We'll go advanced. Okay. We'll go advanced. Betty Lou, Team Summer is in the house. Audie. I like summer. When I play the windsurfing, the wind blowed from the shore to the sea. It's usually strong. All right. Audie likes to windsurf. I can't do that. I would say I'm too old to windsurf, but I know Audie is older than I am, and he's in much better shape. Any questions here? Roger. Glad to see you. Columbia. Also getting ready for winter, right? Also getting ready for winter. Yeah, we okay, manual. If we're talking about amusement park rides, you might hear that thing called the carousel. It has the horses going up and down, but you also might hear it called a merry-go-round. Merry-go-round. Carousel, it's a little bit older term. Merry-go-round, probably what you'll hear today. Hey, looks like Jamie's here. Jamie, my wife. We have summer vacation coming up. So I think we might do some lessons together. Maybe even a live lesson. All right. Ario is wondering. Yeah, we mentioned hat or cap earlier. Question. What's the difference between hat and cap? Nothing. No difference. You can use those terms interchangeably interchangeably All right. okay take a ride on something or to ride something you can use both let's talk about the bumper cars one of my favorite rides right there where are they bumper cars so hey do you want to go we might say 
do you want to go ride the bumper cars? It's probably what I would say. Hey, when I get to the amusement park, I'm going to ride on the bumper cars. Yeah, so it just depends on how you use it, but you might not say take. Like, hey, when I get to Six Flags, I'm going to ride on the roller coaster. Yeah, do you want to ride on the roller coaster with me? Yeah, hope that helps. Is it? Oh, Jamie says she has three and a half days until summer vacation starts for her. I have four and a half days. I have to go one extra day longer than Jamie. Um, no, America. Ham, let me spell it out here. Merry go round. That's I think how we would spell that. Merry go round. Yeah. Because you're feeling merry or happy as you go around it. Yeah, that's how you spell it. Just wanted to double check. Because we do also have the M-A-R-R-Y. But that means when you commit your life to somebody, you marry them. That's with an A. So Jamie and I are married. Hope that helps. All right. Next one, park, summer and water always go together. High temperatures, you want to cool off in some way. A water park might be the way to do it. A water park and an amusement park are very similar, but the water park will focus on rides that have water. Makes sense, right? You might ride on a water slide if you go to a water park. In fact, that person in the picture on the left, actually there are two, they are riding on a water slide. They are riding on a water slide. Next one, season pass. Season pass. You might get a season pass for an amusement park or a water park. And what that means is you pay one price. It's usually a little more expensive, but you pay one price and you can visit that water park or that amusement park anytime you want. Right at the bottom, you pay one price for a season pass and you can visit the park for the entire summer. That's what we call it, a season pass. And I think right there, let me make it a little bigger. That is the amusement park near us called Funtown. And you can get season passes there. You can also get something called a day pass. And that's exactly what it sounds like. You pay one price just for the day. You can only visit for that day. A day pass is less expensive, but you can only visit for the day. Jamie and I, we have two children. And when our children were younger, we would get season passes to Funtown. We would drive down. It would probably take about an hour to get there. 
and we would spend the whole day there from open to close. Open to close. Just checking the chat here. Oh, we, we might have Fayez is talking about a slip and slide. That is something you might have at home, a slip and slide. They are a bit dangerous, but a slip and slide is basically a tarp that you would put down on your lawn, put some water on there. It becomes very slippery and then you can slide on that. I'm wondering, can I find a picture of a slip and slide? And we usually call, we, okay, this is, we usually spell it with an N in the middle. Yeah. All right. I can pull it up. I think just so you have a picture of what a slip and slide is, you would not find this at a water park. You would find this at uh, somebody's house. It just takes me a second to pull this up. All right, should pop up now. That is what a slip and slide looks like. And you can actually see some prices for a slip and slide. So, oh, that's a cool one. But you need a big lawn for this. You want some nice grass. I think if you put this on the street, it might hurt quite a bit. Last week, if you saw the lesson, we talked about road rash. Yeah, if you put a slip and slide on the street, you are going to get some road rash. You want to put this on the lawn and it will probably mess up your lawn because of all the water, but it would be fun for a little while, I think. Yeah, slip and slide. Faez, thank you. It's a good one. That's why I always, I always have to check the chat because there are so many good like bonus vocabulary words in there. All right. Okay, Jamie. Jamie, come on down. Come on camera. <laughs> she just woke up, so she probably doesn't want to come on camera. She said some people will add dish soap to their slip and slide to make it faster and more slippery. Dish soap is exactly what it sounds like. The soap you use to wash your dishes. Dish soap. Not easy to say, by the way. Dish soap. Try to say that quickly. Dish soap. Miho. Miho is here. Yesterday was her birthday. Hey, while I'm thinking of it, let me do a quick shout out here to all the channel members. Where is it? I think I can share this here. Yeah, let me go down this list really quick. Miho has been around almost since the beginning. Let's see, here we go. Let's let's talk about some channel members here. We'll start right at the top. Huge thank you to you all. Let's do it. Thank you so much. These are the channel members. There's Mega. She's in the chat right there. Regis is in the chat. Audie, I think, is in the chat there. Freddie Wolf's in the chat. Rod, Shevket, Cecilia Angelo. So many people I've known. Danny, she's in the United States right there. Maria's in here now. Anya's in here now. 
who can forget Bob the Canadian, Amina, Sam, and Miho. Luke's here too. So thank you, everyone, for becoming a channel member. If you would like to become a channel member, there is a link somewhere in the chat, I think, or definitely in the uh, description. Good to see you, Miho. All right, the next one. Let's get back to the lesson here. Summer, summer, playground. You might see a playground near an elementary school, but this is a great place for kids to hang out in the summer. Many American elementary schools will have a playground for children. They might have slides there. They might have some monkey bars. Those are not pictured, but monkey bars. You can hang from monkey bars and kind of crawl across them. Monkey bars. When my kids were younger, we would hang out at the playground all the time. You know why? Because it was free. It was free. So we would go to the local elementary school. We have about seven or eight in our town. So when the kids got bored at one elementary school, we might go to the other one, a playground. It's free. There are usually other kids there. And you can talk to parents about how hard it is to be a parent. The playground. The next term you might hear in the United States is it's packed. It's packed. A lot of times you will have to fight traffic in the summer. Fight traffic. You might have some traffic jams. That's what we call um, a road that's very busy. We would say it has a traffic jam. I'm stuck in traffic. But if you go to an amusement park, it might be full of people. And if it is, you might hear, whoa, it's packed here today. It's packed here today. I have a sentence for you. It's packed is another way to say a place is really busy or there are a lot of people visiting. It's packed. You know what else you might see if it's packed? Long lines. Long lines. You can see from that picture, the people are just standing there. They're waiting. This looks like it might be in an airport, but you might have long lines at the ice cream stand. I don't have a slide for that, but the ice cream stand is a place that sells ice cream, usually just in the summer. So you might have some long lines there. Just in case you're ever in the UK, I think Australia, New Zealand, they have a different name for lines. In the United States, we call them lines. In the UK, you might hear Q. So it's just like the letter Q, only it's spelled like that. Q-U-E-U-E. Q. Oh, the Q is so long. You will not hear that in the United States. You will hear, oh my gosh, look at the line. It's so long. We're going to be waiting forever. Next one. 
in the summer, you might take a road trip, a road trip. That is when you get in your car and you drive to somewhere that's far away. Last summer, I took a road trip. It's on the channel somewhere. I started in my state of Maine and went all the way down to North Carolina. There are four parts on the channel. If you want to take a road trip with me and learn a little English, check that out. I think it's called, just look up Speak English with this guy, Road Trip. Should be four parts. I think I have a playlist with it too. All right, check in the chat just to make sure there are no questions. Manuel says, I hate it when it's packed. Yeah, absolutely. Hate it when it's packed. Oh, wait a second. Is that, that looks almost Italian. It's a, a writer, I think. Well, welcome. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well. Although it could be French. French and that that looks almost, because degli scrittori, that, that does seem, that does seem, I don't know what the first word is though. That does seem Italian. All right. Just checking the chat, making sure everybody's doing well. Hey, if um, you're going to be going on a road trip though, you might have to pay some tolls and you'll pay those tolls at a toll booth. Unfortunately, there are a lot of highways in the United States where you have to pay money to use them. The main highway in the in my state of Maine is called the main turnpike. And you do have to pay tolls there. Just to use the road, you have to pay tolls. I think I have a sentence here for you. Many American highways cost money to drive on. We say you have to pay a toll. And let me make that a little bigger. The place you pay your toll is the toll booth. The toll booth. You pay these tolls at a toll booth. Maybe. Maybe. So Jamie, my wife, she is in the chat. She uses the turnpike the highway where you have to pay tolls. She uses the turnpike every day. So she has something called an easy pass. So if you live in the United States, you might have one of these. You still have to pay tolls, but the good thing about it is you don't have to stop at the toll booth. So it's a little cheaper. You get a discount if you have an easy pass and you can use a different lane, if you look in that picture, there's part of the road that's going under what we might call scaffolding. So when you go through that, the easy pass is probably on your windshield. You don't have to slow down to pay a toll. You still have to pay a toll it just might be a little cheaper. 
If you have an easy pass, you get a discount on the tolls and you don't have to stop. You can drive in a special lane. Yeah. Both of our cars, we have an easy pass. You put it on the windshield. That's the front of the car. That's glass that protects you. In the UK, you might hear it called a windscreen. Yeah. It makes it handy. It makes it convenient. You do not have to stop and pay a toll. Well, you still have to pay. It's just cheaper. You get a discount. I don't know what the discount is. Maybe 20% off. Jamie might know. But it's a little cheaper if you have your easy pass. This would be a total bummer if this happens to you on a road trip. But we call that a flat tire. Your tires should be pumped up. That's the phrasal verb we might use. Your tires should be pumped up. You will get better gas mileage if your tires are pumped up. But every so often, you might run over something sharp, and that will cause your tire to lose air and go flat. And we call that a flat tire. Here's a sentence for you. You might get a nail in your tire, which causes it to go flat. Yeah, that would be a total bummer. If this happens to you on a road trip, it probably means you have to pull over to the side of the road and fix that flat or call somebody, pay them to fix the flat for you because you don't know how to change a tire like me. I would have to call, um, we have something called triple A or I might call a tow truck. They would come and they would fix it and I would have to pay. Whoa. So Jamie says, I use my toll pass so much that I get a 50% discount. Tolls can be really expensive. Oh, good. Reza asked the question. I am not sure. Jamie, do you remember? Yeah. Jamie also had a flat tire on the turnpike. And I believe she was late for work couple couple years ago i think that happened um how much is a toll they keep going up all the time but i think there's one toll in between our house and jamie's school and i think it's three dollars it's a three dollar toll so when you go down you have to pay three dollars and when you come back you have to pay $3. So $6 a day. But if she has a 50% discount, it would only be $3 a day. But, and I think there's another toll when she gets on at her work to come home, there might be another dollar. So the easy pass is good. The easy pass is good. Hey, yeah, manual. He says, fortunately, modern cars have an automatic detection. Oh, and refill of air for a hundred kilometers. Okay. I don't think my car does, but the way they're making tires these days or nowadays, I think that was a term from last week's lesson. 
the way they are making tires nowadays, we see fewer flats. So not as many flat tires on the side of the highway, but every so often you will see one. All right, and Jamie says, I pay two tolls to come home and one to go to work. $2.75. Oh yeah, to get in our state, to get in, you have to pay a toll on that highway, $4. Hey, if you ever go driving in New York City, like you, you won't need to probably because they have a great subway system there, but there are a couple bridges you have to cross if you are driving and the tolls are really expensive, like $8, eight American dollars. So it's like $16 to go in and out of the city. So, oh, and hey, Arone is here. He's going to New York really soon. Luckily, he won't have a car. Yeah, the subway is great to get around. Yeah, Betty Lou asks, interstate, question mark. Sometimes you will hear highway or sometimes you will hear interstate. Interstate literally means that road goes through at least two states. An interstate will go through at least two states. A very famous highway in the United States is called I-95. I is short for interstate. I-95 goes from my state of Maine all the way down to Florida. You can take one road, I-95, get from my state all the way down to the tip of Florida, which is called Key West, Florida. I think it's like 1,500 miles. Yeah. Good point, Betty. Thanks for bringing that up. Hey, and Chevcat, you just entered. Welcome from Turkey. You might also go backpacking during the summer. For your summer vacation, one of the activities you might do, backpacking. Let's talk about this. Now, the people in the picture, they are wearing backpacks on their back. So backpack is a noun. Those people are wearing backpacks. But you can turn that into a verb. So those people are also backpacking. You might hear hiking, you might hear trekking, but I wanted to use a term you might not be familiar with, and that would be backpacking. And it looks like those backpacks are so big that they are probably backpacking for a few days. So you'll hear those terms, going on a hike, going on a trek. I think that's more in the UK. You won't hear that as much in the United States. I'm hearing something in the other room there. Hopefully you can't hear that. And then uh, backpacking. So all three of those terms you will hear. That just means taking a walk in the woods. You might even spend the night in the woods, which looks like they might be doing that. Or maybe a mountain. Looks like they might be backpacking in the mountains. The next one, camping. 
So it is possible these people will be camping. And when you camp, you go out into nature. You might have a tent. We'll talk about that in a minute. That orange thing in the front of that picture, and we call that a tent. And you could turn that into a verb. What are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going tenting. I'm going tenting. That means you take a tent, that thing in the picture, that person is uh, sitting in their tent. You take a tent, you go out into the woods, you go out into nature, and you spend some time there, probably overnight, tenting, camping, tenting. Is there any difference? No, probably not. But you probably will be using a tent if you go tenting. If you go camping, you might use a tent, but you also might use an RV. And if you can see that in the picture, that is what we call an RV. It's like a big van. It might have a kitchen inside. It might have a bathroom inside. An RV is short for recreational vehicle. You will never hear it called a recreational vehicle. But you can turn that into a verb and you could go RVing. So let's review. You could go camping. That is when you are spending time in nature, pretty much. But you could go tenting. And if you do, you'll be camping with a tent. Or you could go camping with an RV. You could call it RVing. Yeah. So some people might RV for the whole summer. It's like one big, long road trip with an RV. And they might stay in something called a campground. I can write that in the chat. Campground. That is where you'll often stay if you're tenting or you're going RVing. It's one word. Campground. Campground. So you may take your tent to a campground and spend the night. Hope that helps. Just checking the chat. Just checking the chat here. So, oh Reza, I'll get to that in a minute. Good, good question. So, oh, next week's lesson is going to be when we take two words in English and smush them together. I need to write down glamping. That is not on my list. But let's talk about it right now. So Jamie said, I hate tenting. Let's put that up. So she hates camping in a tent. She's more of a glamping girl. I need to talk about glamping in next week's lesson. So glamping, notice it's got a little bit of camping in that word. Camping is one part of it. But what's the glam? What's the glam? That's short for glamorous. So if somebody goes glamping, that means they have electricity, they have a nice bathroom. It's really fancy camping. Glamping. Thank you, Jamie. 
you should be you should be on camera we could talk about glamping yeah so if if people don't like going out into nature with the bugs and we'll talk about bug spray in a minute and not taking a shower and not having electricity we might call it glamping it's when you go camping and you have all the conveniences of life you have electricity you have running water you can use the bathroom in a bathroom you don't have to dig a hole glamping good call jamie good call thank you i knew i married you for a reason there there are many reasons there are many reasons i married her um oh and aaron aaron yes he has shown me that uh italian highways also have something like an easy pass yeah good call good call something on campfires while camping is it to make a campfire or to set a campfire hmm you might hear um hey are we gonna have a campfire when we go camping are you gonna light a fire when we go camping so that's how i would say it some people will have a campfire in their backyard and they might toast marshmallows i didn't put that i didn't put some mores either hang on let's do a google search I believe I've talked about s'mores on the channel before. So campfire. Hopefully you know campfire. Thank you, Dennis. Let's talk about uh, s'mores. I think I can do it here. It takes a little while to share. I wish it was easier. So you might toast some marshmallows over a campfire and if you do you might make s'mores let's make that really big you need three ingredients to make a s'more s'more you need the marshmallow and you need to toast it over a campfire and then you need a chocolate bar hershey bars work really well that's some american chocolate there i don't know if you like hershey's it's american i think unless a, a company bought them out uh, probably not as good as cadbury in my opinion but hershey's get a thin hershey bar get a marshmallow that's toasted and then make a sandwich with two graham crackers then you have what we call s'more. That's a s'more. I think that is truly American. Please let me know in the chat. Do you make s'mores in other countries or is that just an American thing? I mean, it's so darn unhealthy that I would think it was just American, but I don't know. They are good though. You have to make sure you don't burn your marshmallow though. All right, Audie. Says he loves to, oh, rent an RV. Jamie and I have talked about that. They can be expensive. We talked about renting in the last lesson last week about the prom. So when you rent something, you get it 
for a period of time, then you need to give it back. Oh, RVing. So Audie says, oh, I'd love to rent an RV and drive around the USA. This is my dream before I die. So this might be on Audie's bucket list. A list of things you want to do while you're young enough to do them. I would love to do that as well. I would love to do that. All right. Ibrahim would also like to rent an RV or live in an RV. That's becoming popular on YouTube. Um, channels. There are so many channels where people will just live in their RV. One guy that Jamie and I love to watch. He's a Canadian guy. His name is Forsty Forst. I'll give Forsty Forst a shout out. He doesn't have any idea who I am, but uh, he's a good channel to follow. Betty, they're not he- they're not healthy. That's true. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Stacy. Stacy says I've never tried s'mores. Looks unhealthy, but tasty. Yeah, isn't that most things in life? The most unhealthy things are the tastiest things. Mary, what's going on? Hope you're doing well over there in Indonesia. Our friend from Tajikistan is here. Welcome. What's the next one we got here? We did tenting. We did RVing. But we haven't done this one. Drive-in. Hey, Betty says Wikipedia. Yeah. I love me some Wikipedia. Love me some Wikipedia. Is that correct English? No. Will you hear native English speaker English speakers say, I love me some? Yes, you will. I love me some Wikipedia. I love me some s'mores. It's a little bit of slang, but if you want to sound a little bit more like a native English speaker, sometimes you have to ruin the grammar. I love me some drive-in movies. These are becoming more and more rare in the United States, but a drive-in movie is when you go see a movie, but not in a theater. You will go see it in your car and you will usually drive into a large parking lot and there will be a large screen there. And on that screen, they will project the movie. You can get some popcorn there. You might even put a speaker in your car. And if you look over here, I think you can see it. Um, There is a speaker on the right and you might hang that on your window so you can hear the movie. Now, usually in modern drive-ins, you will just turn on your car radio and you will be able to hear what's going on in the movie. You'll be able to hear the sound on the movie through your car radio, but, uh, drive-in movies, my family, we've, we've gone to some drive-in movies in the past. Unfortunately, our local drive-in movie theater, it closed down. Yeah. So they're not showing movies that I know of anymore, but the drive-in movie was right next to the amusement park. So there were times where we would go to the amusement park when it got later, 
we would go to the drive-in movie during the summer. So if you want to go to a drive-in movie, you probably have to come to the United States pretty soon within the next few years because more and more are closing down, unfortunately. Uh, Freddie, good joke. Some more. Shouldn't you eat less? Yes, they're unhealthy, but they're so good. They're so good. Good. I tried to pick an American thing. So drive-in, such an American thing. No, drive-ins are not. You will have to pay a fee. Drive-ins are not free. So there usually is a gate or we might call it an admissions booth. There's a little booth, just like a toll booth. There's a little booth right before you get to the drive-in. There's a small road. So that's how you, you pay for your drive-in movie. But they usually charge you by the car load. So it's if you have one person in the car, two people in the car, four people in the car, it's all the same price, just one price. We're going to be talking about piling into the car, I think. We have piling. I think we have piling coming up. Piling. I hope so. You can pile into the car or you can cram into the car. It's when you have a lot of people in one car, you just all pile in and go somewhere. Making sure you have a seatbelt for everyone, though. All right. The next one tank top. Tank top. Hey. If you would like to become a channel member, I made a video this morning. Maybe some channel members have seen it already. There's a term, another term, a slang term for tank top that I am not going to mention on the channel, but there's a bonus lesson if you would like for members. I try to make everything free here. I don't have like special English lessons for members. I think that's just not a, a good way to do it. Um, but if there is something I'm uncomfortable with talking about on camera for everyone to see, I will make a video about it. And there is a bonus lesson about tank tops. But if your arms are swole, if you have big arms, unfortunately, my arms are not that big. But if you have big arms and it's hot out, you might want to show them off with a tank top. They come in all colors. That white one has a special name. Members check that out. But they come in all colors. And you can see the man pictured. He's, he's, his arms are pretty swole. His arms are pretty swole. Slang term for big arms. Swole. You might want to wear a tank top. I'm sure it's a nice thing to wear in the summer. Get a little suntan. We talked about that last week. We'll talk about it again in a minute. So let me know in the chat. Do you like wearing tank tops? That is what we call a shirt that looks like that. Sleeveless. Sleeveless. A sleeveless shirt is another way to say tank top. And Fayez said, a farmer's tan. 
a farmer's tan. It does cause you to have a farmer's tan. In English, here's some more slang. Actually, no. Um, a farmer's tan is when your tan on your face, your tan on your forearms, we might call this your forearm, but your upper arm is not tan. I kind of have a farmer's tan here. See, this part is whiter. This part is darker. A farmer's tan. So think about somebody working in the sun for a long period of time and they're wearing a shirt. They will get a farmer's tan. Thank you, Fayez. Just check in the chat. Hmm. Harry says drive-in movies are not common in his country. Yeah, it might be only um only an American thing. I don't know. Well, Audie says maybe. Oh, you've been? Oh, okay. But Audie says he went to a drive-in twice with his girlfriend, but it was in LA. It was in Los Angeles, I think. So probably mostly an American thing. Oh, maybe Japan. Miho is from Japan. Maybe they do have drive-in movie theaters in other places. Um, a jersey. So in the United States, at least, a jersey is worn by somebody playing sports. Yeah. Whenever you hear jersey in the United States, think of somebody playing a sport. Yeah. Oh, Freddie. You need to buy some muscles before you wear a tank top. Can you buy those somewhere? Gotta get swole. Every every spring, I say, I'm gonna get swole for the summer. Never happens. Never happens. I'm too busy making YouTube videos. Too busy. Too lazy sometimes. All right, Ibrahim is going to get some lunch. Have a good one. The next one, flip-flops, those type of shoes, you might hear them called sandals, but those are definitely flip-flops, great to wear in the summer, great to wear in the beach, and if you've ever worn these shoes, they do make a sound, and I think that's where the name comes from, flip-flop. You, you make a funny sound when you're wearing flip-flops. The shoe tends to hit the heel of your foot. Heel. We talked about heels last week with the prom, right? Hopefully you tune in every week for these lessons. Learn so much. At least I hope you do. Yes, Los Angeles. Oh, farmers, they'd never wear t-shirts? They don't? All right. Next one. I think this is a Portuguese term. I think this comes from Brazil, but we use it here, and we have them. Mosquitoes. That little insect is called a mosquito in English. I think in Portuguese, too. And unfortunately, they like to come out on summer nights and they will bite you. 
and they will try to suck your blood unless you get them first. You might, you might swat them. You swat at the mosquitoes. I don't like mosquitoes. Luckily, we have something called bug spray, and bug spray helps get rid of the bugs. Mosquitoes. They're the biggest culprits. The biggest culprits. The ones that cause trouble, we call them culprits. And I have a verb for you that might be new. Bug spray helps repel the bugs that might bite you. Bug spray helps repel bugs that might bite you. You also might hear it called bug repellent. Repel is the verb, like to keep away, to keep off of you. But repellent is the noun. So you'll probably hear bug spray, but if you go into the store, you might see bug repellent written. Most Americans don't say, oh, I forgot my bug repellent. Can I borrow yours? We will say bug spray. Just shorter words, you know, shorter words. Bug spray, it keeps the bugs away. It keeps the bugs away. Ice pack. That is something else you might need. Didn't mean to do that. That is something else you might need. An ice pack. And in that picture, there are two ice packs. An ice pack is a bag filled with ice so you can cool down your skin if you have an injury. It looks like that one person hurt their ankle, so they are applying an ice pack to their ankle, and the other person, they are wearing a blue tank top, and they are applying an ice pack to the back of their neck. The next one is aloe vera, aloe vera gel. This actually, I think, is Spanish. I think it's an English word that we took from the Spanish language, aloe vera. In that picture, you will see an aloe vera plant. That is what an aloe vera plant looks like, but it is also made into gel. And that bottle is aloe vera gel. And, and why? Why do you need aloe vera gel? Well, for sunburns. We did talk about sunburns a couple weeks ago, I think, with skin problems. So last week's lesson had the term sunburn. One remedy for sunburns is aloe vera gel. And a remedy, if that is a new term for you, a remedy is something that fixes a problem, a remedy. One remedy for sunburns is aloe vera gel. Now, the best thing is not to get a sunburn in the first place, but sometimes accidents happen. The next one is long lost relatives. Yeah, during the summer, 
if you have vacation, you may take a road trip to visit long lost relatives. That's a term we use in English. What's a long lost relative? Long lost relatives are people related to you, cousins, uncles, that you haven't seen in a long time. Long lost relatives are people related to you that you haven't seen in a long time. What are you doing this summer? Oh, I'm going to visit my long lost relatives out west. You might hear that. Oh, I'm going to visit my long lost relatives in Canada. People you haven't seen in a long time, but they are related to you. So cousins, uncles, sisters, probably not. People that are not your mom, your dad, your brother, or your sister, or your children. They're distant relatives, cousins, nephews, uncles, nieces. Maybe we should do a lesson on terms we use for family, but long lost relatives. Yeah. And I don't know, the picture that I picked, they actually might be visiting the hospital, but um, I thought those two people could be long lost relatives. So I picked it, but I actually think there's a doctor in the background so maybe not the best picture for long lost relatives. Just, just look at the two people in the front of the picture. Looks like they're catching up, catching up. I thought I had a, hmm, I thought I had a, maybe it didn't save. Um, but to catch up with somebody. Okay. I got, I got one here. Okay. You might catch up with long lost relatives. And what is catching up? That is when you find out what people have been doing for people you haven't seen for a long time. So long lost relatives, maybe it has been a couple years since you've seen them. So you might catch up with them. Hey, what have you been up to? What have you been doing for the last two years? Oh, they might talk about their job. They might talk about their family. Catch up. You might hear that in English too. If you have a friend and you've just been so busy, you might say, hey, we need to catch up sometime. That would mean maybe go out to dinner, have a conversation on the phone, catch up. Find out what people have been doing that you haven't seen in a long period of time. Hope that makes sense. Hope that makes sense. Let's check the chat. What? Aloe vera tree at your house? Audie has a great house, by the way. He is a gold member. He is part of the uh, volley space that we have. And we send videos back and forth to each other. All right. All right. Hey, well, question. I get what you say, probably. What should I do to improve my English? Well, you are in the right place. I think lots and lots of listening to English teachers, I think is really helpful, really helpful. So you're in the right place. Keep listening. Keep watching 
videos from YouTube. My videos. There are some other great videos. I'm sorry. There are some other great teachers on YouTube. Touch base. Yeah. Hey, we need to touch base. I haven't seen you in a long while. Hey, we need to catch up. How you been? Yeah. Touch base. You might also use that in business too. touch base. So if you're working on a project and you want to touch base with someone, you might get their advice. You might ask for their opinion. Hey, uh, before you leave today, we need to touch base. So yeah, touch base has another, um, couple meetings. All right. Your immediate relative. Yeah. When I hear immediate relatives, I think brother, sister, mother, father, son, daughter, those are your immediate relatives. More distant relatives would be people like aunts, uncles, cousins, nephews, nieces. Wait a sec, Danny, I mentioned you earlier. I thought that you would not be here live because you are kayaking in in New York. But welcome. Oh my gosh. Danny, thanks for uh, catching up with us. Thanks for catching up. I like your videos most of the time. I like your videos most of the time. So maybe some that are not so good, but thank you for watching. Thank you for watching. All right. Next one. Got a couple more here, I think, for you. Get away. This can be a tricky one. Okay. Get away. Get away is a noun. My wife and I went on a little getaway to the beach. Get away is a noun when it is spelled like that. All one word. G-E-T-A-W-A-Y. A getaway. But it can also be a phrasal verb. Get away. Two separate words. I've been working so many hours. I just need to get away on vacation. So get away can be a noun or it can be a verb to get away. But that's when you just leave everything and go on vacation. Yeah. uh, In fact, my wife and I, Jamie, next week for summer vacation, we are going to be celebrating our 20th anniversary. We have been married for 20 years and we're going on a little getaway, just down the road a little ways to the beach. We're going to spend the night, get a nice dinner, get away from the kids for a little while. I don't think my own, my kids do not watch my lessons. So I think I can say, yeah, sometimes it's nice to get away from the kids. My kids are older now, so they're, they're pretty cool. But you know, when they're little kids, you just have to take care of them so much it can be a little stressful. So sometimes we would just get away for a night, forget about the kids for a little while. So a getaway is usually a small vacation, a getaway. You might hear this during business. Um, Maybe you you have a meeting. Hey, can you get away from the office for about an hour? We can have lunch, talk over some plans. So get away. 
It's a good one to know. Get away. The next one. Maybe for those rainy days during the summer, you might play some board games. Some board games. Some very popular board games in the United States are Scrabble, Monopoly, Checkers, and Chess are popular board games. Usually played with a board. Usually played with something flat. If you look in the middle of that picture, there's a flat piece of cardboard. It's a board game. Let me know in the chat, what are your favorite board games? Or maybe, maybe you don't like board games. We'll talk about another way you can spell board in a minute. But wait a second, Dennis, you've done this for the last couple of weeks and I do appreciate it. It's a, it's a super chat from Dennis. I got a little something for you, Dennis. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for the super chat. Dennis, that is so helpful. I need to take a little little drink of water. I've been um, talking so much. But Dennis, thank you so much. I really appreciate the super chats. Thank you so much. So board, board games. Be careful. We have another way that you can spell board. Some people get bored when they play board games. Notice the two different spellings. B-O-R-E-D. That means not interested. I hope you are not bored with this lesson. Not interested. But some people can get bored when they play board games. The... um adjective we would use is boring. So you might find those board games boring. You might get bored if you play board games. Jamie, my wife, loves board games. I find them a little bit boring, but they're a good way to hang out with the family sometimes. Yeah, get away. Healthy, relaxing. Absolutely. Sometimes you just need to clear your head. Get away for a little while. Clear your head. Reza says, Brent, you can drive to Montreal for a getaway. And you know what? I have before. My family and I have gone on a little getaway to Montreal before. One time we went to Montreal and then we drove over to Quebec City. It's a great time. We liked Quebec City a little more than we did Montreal. But Cluedo. Oh, I wonder if that's like clue in the United States. Is it where you have to find if somebody has been like um, hurt with a candlestick or rope? Clue? I don't know, is that the same one? Oh, Stacy, I like board games. I've never been bored playing board games. Well, you and Jamie would get along really well. She likes it. Oh, Settlers of Catan. I've never heard of that game. Oh, yes. Hey, after this lesson, 
in a few minutes. There is a link in the description. I'll be going over to my other channel for some more questions and answers for about a half an hour. Yeah, Jamie, I'm sorry. I need to play a I need to play a board game with Jamie soon. She loves games. She loves card games too. Card games are just played with cards. So in English, we have poker, we have gin. Ah, so it's the same. Yeah, Jamie, we need to play some board games this summer. I promise I will. Ario says, my favorite board game is Monopoly. Oh, but yeah, you could play video games. Mm-hmm. You can play video games. I got a real quick, let me see if I can share this. I found this article about five places, five countries where Monopoly has been banned. See if I can add it to the stream. I think I might be able to. Just takes so long. And I know you are busy. I don't want to waste your time finding these sites, but got it now. All right, six places. Six places where Monopoly has been banned. There are a bunch of commercials that show up on here. But this is from the site called uh, Monopoly Land, I think. So six places. See if these places sound familiar. China. It has been banned in China. Not now, but at one time, Monopoly was banned in China. Cuba. At one time, Monopoly was banned. If something is banned, that means you can't have it. Russia. At one time, when Russia was part of the Soviet Union, Monopoly, the board game, was banned. Hungary. It was banned in Hungary at one time. It was when they were uh, like, they weren't part of the Soviet Union, but they were behind the Iron Curtain. It's what we call it in English. What? USA? No. It's never been banned in the USA, but sometimes Buckingham Palace, that's where the Queen lives. Uh, but in the United States, the um, board game has been banned just in families. Like it might be banned in somebody's house in the United States because there have been too many fights over the game. Oh, you're cheating. Do you know what cheating is? When somebody doesn't play by the rules? So, no. Monopoly has never been banned in the United States, but. Some families may have banned it because there have just been too many fights. Uno. You like you like Uno? Arroni? I think Arroni will be in the United States very soon, and maybe we can play some Uno. Maybe we can play some Uno. Poland is in the house. Welcome. Yeah, this is huge. Playing board games with children is huge. Why? Well, they get to learn what it feels like to win, what it feels like to lose. They have to wait to take their turn. That's what we call it in English. If four people are playing a board game, they can't go at all at once. They have to wait. 
and waiting for your turn is very important for children. They have to learn how to wait. Can't always be rolling the dice in Monopoly. You have to wait for other people to take their turn. Cheating. Nobody likes a cheater, right, Betty? Nobody likes a cheater. All right. Grandkids like playing Uno, like playing Uno. Uno is pretty fun. Uno is pretty fun. Maria says she likes Monopoly. For me, Monopoly just takes a long time and sometimes I get bored. During Monopoly, I think, oh, I could be making English lessons to help people with their English. So, all right, yeah. Uno, Naomi says Uno. I like Uno. I like Uno. As long as you have like four people, three or four people, if it's just two people, it can get a little boring. But with four people, it's good. It's fun. What else do we have here? Summer camp. You might go to summer camp. And this is where usually children will go away Maybe for the day, they will do fun activities at this camp. Things like rowing on a boat. They might go rowing. They might go horse riding. They might toast marshmallows. They might come home at night. If they do, it's a day camp. But they also might sleep over. There are two types of summer camps. Day camp, children will go there just for the day and sleep at home. Sometimes they will spend the whole summer there and they will even sleep over. We would call that an overnight camp. Okay. So if uh, I actually worked at a camp, summer camp one time, it was an overnight camp. I went home at night actually filmed a tv show called bug juice for the disney channel so i would film during the day and then i would come home at night but the children on the show they would stay overnight and it was an overnight camp hope that helps and i also hope you've enjoyed this english lesson i hope you know a little bit more about summer activities that you can do during vacation. If you want a little more English, I am going to be heading over to my other channel, um, American English Guy 2. And there is a link in the description if you want to meet me over there. You can have some chats. It doesn't have to be just about um, summer vacation. It can be about pretty much anything. But this is the end of this English lesson on summer vacation. I would like to thank Dennis dropping that super chat. I do appreciate it. Thank you to all the channel members. Thank you, Anya, Maria, Aroni, for moderating the chat. Just in case somebody was naughty. I don't think they were. Everybody was very nice. All right. So thank you all, English teacher. Thank you all. Oh, an hour late. Well, luckily... It is on replay. Yeah, we've been going a long time. There, uh, Forgive you. Of course, I'll forgive you. Yulia's here. Hey, I didn't know you were here. 
See you later. All right. If you want, meet me over in the other channel in about, I don't know, two minutes or so. See you over there. Thank you all so much for watching. Hope it was helpful. Probably see you next week. Adios. Hey, hey, what is going on? Hope everyone is doing well. I hope it sounds okay. Have a little music playing in the background. I hope you like it. If you don't like it, let me know in the chat. But today we are going to talk about English vocabulary words you might use when talking about a pet. Let me know in the chat, do you have a pet? I have a pet. I don't have a pet, actually. There is a dog who lives in my house. Neither one of those are the dogs that live in my house. But I have a dog that lives in my house. He's a puppy still. We'll talk about puppy in a little bit. But yeah, if you have a pet, let me know in the chat because we are talking about pets today. Freddie Wolf, what is going on? He is from France. He is here to learn some English. Casey, hope you're doing well. You know what? I saw Audie the tie in there. Apple the frog is here. Yulia, welcome. Yeah, so let's talk about some pets. I will also have some sentences for you. They will show up on the screen and you can work on your shadowing with those sentences. So let's talk a little bit about pets. Megas here. What's going on? Samihai, I hope you're doing well. Blissful Mummy's back. Don't have a pet right now. Blissful Mummy doesn't have a pet right now. Maybe that's why she's blissful. If somebody has a lot of bliss, they're full of happiness. I know sometimes pets can cause frustration. Frustration. They can make you angry. Yes, I agree. Let's talk about some pets. Ooh, Thomas. Wait a second. You have a horse, a dog, and two cats. That's a lot of pets, in my opinion. Nice. All right, so I hope that this will help you. Fafa, hope you're doing well. Casey says, I do not have a pet. I used to have a dog. She was poisoned by God knows who. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. I mean, I have a pet that lives in my house. I don't exactly like them that much. I do. I, I like them, okay? But I would not want them to be poisoned. Taiwan's in the house. Welcome. Welcome. No, we just started. We, we are three minutes into the lesson, which kind of probably means we should talk about the lesson, right? Wait one second. One second. I do need to give a huge thank you to Amina. She left a super chat before we started. Let me get rid of all this stuff here so that we can see Amina's super chat. She was very kind. It was a very nice, very nice super chat. So let me give a little bit of this right here. Oh, thank you so much for the super chat. Yeah, Amina, thank you so much. That means so much. She says that uh, she's working today. 
but she will probably watch on replay. So a big shout out to anyone watching on replay, anyone listening to the podcast. All right, let's do this. The first word, vocabulary term, you might hear when talking about pets is adopt. Adopt. So let's say you don't have a pet. You might go to a place called an animal shelter. I think that's the next one. Yeah. You might go to a place called an animal shelter. That is where dogs, cats, maybe a few other animals will stay if they don't have any owners. There will be people there who will take care of them, but you can go there and the verb we use is to adopt. So if you take a cat or a dog home with you from a shelter, we would say you have adopted that pet. You are now that pet's owner. And I have a sentence for you right here. It says you could go to an animal shelter and adopt a pet. You could go to an animal shelter and adopt a pet. So those are our first two English vocabulary terms we use with pets. Here's another term that you might hear, stray. A stray animal is an animal that is walking the streets and they don't have an owner. Maybe they got lost. Maybe their owner didn't want them anymore. We would call that animal a stray. You might have a stray cat. You might have a stray dog. An animal shelter is where stray pets will end up. Now, I wanted to introduce that phrasal verb to you because we use it quite often in English. It doesn't have really anything to do with pets. I mean, you could use it with pets. I just did. But let's talk a second about end up. If you don't know that English phrasal verb, well, guess what? You will. You will right here. End up, it means like the final place. Got a couple sentence for you. Now, I don't think this is you. But let's say a very bad person is doing bad things. If you don't stop doing bad things, you will end up in jail. So it's like the final thing. After many things, it's the final thing. Now this one, I hope is true for you. I'm going to use end up in another way. Hopefully, you will end up studying English for the rest of your life and become really good at it. End up. End up. So by the end of this English lesson, I hope you end up learning many terms we use with pets. End up. It's a phrasal verb we use all the time. Doesn't just have to be with pets. All right, back to the pets though. We talked about shelter. Now let's talk about breed. Breed. A dog breed 
is the type of dog it is. We have poodles. One of the dogs in that picture is a poodle. The one all the way on the right, the white dog. Poodles, Great Danes. That darker dog on the left, it's a Great Dane. You might also hear in English boxers or French bulldogs. So the breed of dog is the type of dog it is. But if you know anything about dogs, most of them probably aren't purebred. We'll talk about that word in a minute. If a dog is purebred, they are only one breed. So a poodle, its father was a poodle, its mother was a poodle. It is a purebred poodle. You might hear this term though, mutt, mutt. A mutt is what we call a dog with different breeds. And if you go to the shelter, most of those animals will be mutts. It's usually a little more expensive to get a purebred dog. That's in the United States. And I also think that is every country. So if your dog has only one breed, it is a poodle. It is a Great Dane. It is an English bulldog. It's going to be purebred and a little more expensive for you to buy. Fayez is here. Hey, Betty Lou, welcome. All right. I, I, I think the music is also relaxing for me. I love to put it on when I'm studying, when I'm studying my Italian. I see talk Italian with Errone is here. And um, when I'm putting together a lesson for you, I will often put on lo-fi music. That's what we call it in English. That's the music that's playing in the background. It's probably called lo-fi in your language too, right? Fayez, yes. The dog that I own, the dog that my wife owns is not purebred, but its parents were purebred. So it was a French bulldog and a pug. Those are a couple types of breeds. And the dog we have in our house is a frug. F-R-U-G. Frug. Renata has not had a dog in a long time. I wish I could say the same. Um, Blissful Mummy. Hey, um, we don't usually use... The question is, can we use hybrid instead of mutt? And we don't. We don't usually use this for animals. Hybrid. We might use it for a vehicle, for a car. And hybrid means it has a little bit of two or more things. So a hybrid car will run on electricity, but it will also run on gas. So it seems like we could use that for dogs that are, are mutts, but we don't. Oh, hey, Freddie Wolf, wait, 
we're going to talk about cage. We're going to talk about crate. So his question is, is a cage and an animal shelter similar? No, no. Animal shelter is the actual building you would go to to adopt your pet. Now, they might be kept in cages or kennels or crates. And we are going to talk about all three a little bit later in the lesson. Okay, I'm glad. Ray, hopefully um, this question came up at least twice. So hopefully is mutt the same as hybrid? No, we don't use those for dogs. Yeah, for the most part, at least a dog you would have in your house. No. Renata, have you seen? Actually, we're not going to use kibble. We're not going to talk about kibble. So let's, Renata has a question about kibble and that is not one of my slides. So let's talk about it right now. Hey Brent, I have a real quick question. I hope you see it. I did. What does kibble mean? I won't send it again. It's okay. Please don't spam the chat. But if I missed your question, put it in again. Maybe I will see it. Kibble. It's almost like a little treat you give to a dog or a cat. Kibble. It's going to be small. Probably just one or two pieces. But it's what a dog can eat. Or a cat. And it's usually special. Some people might use it as giving their dog some kibble as a meal, but it's usually just like little special treats. It's food. Definitely food. Chef Cat's in here. Hope you're doing well. The next one is breeder. The next one is breeder. So you can have dog breeds, but a dog breeder is someone who owns dogs, lets them have babies, and then sells those babies. That is a breeder. I have a sentence for you. A breeder is a person who cares for purebred puppies and sells them. We're going to talk about puppies in a little bit. Those are just baby dogs. So a breeder is someone who owns purebred dogs. They let them mate. They let them have babies. They take care of the puppies for usually eight weeks, and then they sell them. A breeder. We bought our dog from a breeder. That breeder had a French bulldog and had a pug. Those two dogs made a baby, and we got one of the babies. We got one of the puppies. A breeder. And it looks like the people in the picture, they look like they really care for those dogs. So a breeder is going to care for the dogs. We're going to talk about a place that doesn't care for dogs, but a breeder is a good term. That is a good person. When you hear breeder, Think good person. We're going to talk about some not so nice people a little bit later. 
The next term, actually two of them, spayed and neutered. Spayed and neutered. A girl dog gets spayed. A boy dog gets neutered. This is an operation, so the adult dog cannot have babies. Now, having your pet spayed or neutered is actually pretty important because in the United States, we do not have a lot of stray animals. Most dog owners, most pet owners, they are encouraged to get their pets spayed or neutered. I think you can also get a cat neutered too. And it would be helpful because I've seen some countries where there are a lot of stray dogs and stray cats. And we try to have our pets neutered very soon. In fact, our dog, my wife's dog, he will be a year old next month. He will be one year old in June, but he was actually neutered last month. So our poor little dog cannot have any babies anymore. He was neutered. He was neutered. Hey, Manuel says this lesson is going to be off the chart. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I hope so. I hope I don't mess it up. Do you know what purpose dogs have been bred for? Fayez is wondering. We're going to talk about companionship a little bit later, but um, some dogs are bred for companionship. That means to be a good friend. My brother has a dog called a Labrador Retriever. In English, we call it a Labrador Retriever. And that dog was originally bred in Canada. That dog was bred, was bred. Look at how, and Fayez spelled that verb the correct way. Not like bread you eat. Bread, B-R-E-D. That dog was bred for hunting. So hunters would usually shoot a bird out of the sky, maybe a duck, and the Labrador Retriever would retrieve it. That verb retrieve means to bring back. So the dog would find the bird and bring it back to the owner. They would retrieve it. Oh, Betty Lou can't tag. Hey, if you can't tag, it's probably because you are on a phone. Yeah, if you're on a desktop, if you're on a computer, you should be able to tag. But if you're on a phone, probably not. Probably not. Hey, we don't have that one, Casey, but fetch the ball. You could play fetch with your dog, and that means you throw the ball and they bring it back or they retrieve it. Audie, Audie the tie has a cat. My lovely cat, he likes to sleep in his cardboard shelter like his cave, because his name is Tiger. Very nice. 
spayed and neutered. If you don't have a question about spayed or neutered, I guess we will move on. Whoa, whoa. Okay. Renata mentioned castrate. Castrate. We would use that for people. And um, I think that's illegal to to do that to people without their permission. But actually for, um, for men, you might hear the term vasectomy. Vasectomy. Men, when they do not want to have children, might get a vasectomy. It's what we call it in English. And then, uh, yeah, can't, can't have babies anymore. Vasectomy. Oh, no. My dog got spayed from a cruel woman. Sorry to hear that, Apple. But um, most people will have their pets spayed or neutered in the United States unless they want to breed them. If they're a breeder, you know, you want that dog to have babies. So, what? Miho, hey, what's going on in Japan? Hope you're doing well. Labrador Retriever? They are a very popular dog in the United States. And the Akito is originally from Japan, but there are some Americans who have Akitos. Modags, hope you're doing well. Gonna beef that, beef that English up for the next couple hours. Yeah, um, Bob the Canadian is going live in a couple hours. Don't forget to uh, watch his stream. He is always good. No, no, not another lesson about balls. This one today is all about pets. The next one is a rescue. A rescue. So you might know the verb rescue. Firefighters might rescue a person from a a burning building. But a rescue, that means that pet probably a dog. A rescue is a pet who was in a shelter and somebody adopted them. So you might go to a friend's house. Oh, hey, I saw that uh, you have a new dog. They might say, yeah, he's a rescue. We got him from a shelter. There are some people that are very passionate about dogs and they don't work at a shelter. Sometimes they may adopt dogs as rescues and they try to find other people who need a dog. A rescue. That would be a pet who was in a shelter or their owners gave them up for some reason. A rescue. The next one, pet store. Yeah, you could. You could probably go to a pet store and get a pet could but pet stores are usually where you can buy pet food pet toys and other things for pets at that store yes they might have dogs for sale or cats for sale but the pet store in my area does not have any dogs or any cats for sale. 
I think it might be illegal in my state. I'm not sure. But if your dog wants a toy, we're going to talk about a couple toys in a minute. Or your dog needs some food. Or your cat needs some food. Or you want to buy a mouse or a gerbil. Some Americans keep mice, gerbils, rats as pets. You might be able to buy it at the pet store. All right, I have a sentence for you. If you would like to practice shadowing, you might be able to buy pets at a pet store, but they probably have pet food, pet toys, and other supplies for pets there. So when you hear pet store in English, don't think you're going in to buy a pet. It's most likely for pet supplies. Pet store. The next one. This is not so nice. So we talked about breeders before. Breeders are people who care about their dogs. They care for them. A puppy mill is kind of the opposite. It might look like this in the picture. Lots and lots of cages. And the only thing this puppy mill wants is money. They don't really care for the pets that they breed. Here's a definition. A puppy mill is a bad place that breeds dogs, a lot of dogs, but they don't really care about the dog's health. They only care about money. So if you go to a puppy mill, you will probably see lots and lots of dogs. They might not be cared for. A lot of the pet stores, if they sell dogs, there is a good chance that those dogs have come from puppy mills. So if a person wants to buy a purebred dog, they will probably go to a breeder. In the United States, there is a better chance that that dog is going to be healthy if they get it from a breeder. If they buy it at a pet store, there's a good chance that puppy was born in a puppy mill. And if the dogs aren't cared for, that means they're going to have more health problems they're not going to be as healthy if they come from a breeder. All right, let's check the chat here. Uh-oh, what is this? Okay, um, Ray, do people in America have a low opinion of people who buy pets from pet stores when they can get them from the shelter? Yes, there are some Americans who think that you should go to the shelter and adopt a pet. They are going to be pets who need homes. They are going to be cheaper and you're going to be saving a life. Some people, like my family, wanted to pay a little extra money and have that puppy right from birth. In, in Maine, where I live, I think a breeder has to keep the puppy 
with their mother for eight weeks. So we got our dog eight weeks after, and that way we could train them the way we wanted. But I totally respect people who go to the shelter and get an animal who needs a home. Sometimes those dogs have experienced trauma. Sometimes they're wonderful pets, but yes, that is a thing with some people. Hey, you shouldn't buy your pet. You should adopt one from the shelter. Ray, great question. Great question. All right, Renata. Renata, good luck with your house. Oh, move to a different place in the house. I read that very quickly. Renata says, I will watch on replay. I move to a different place of the house where the signal is stronger. So maybe Renata's internet wasn't working so well. Yeah, you would never really want to buy a dog at a puppy mill. They're going to be a little cheaper. And the puppy mill doesn't want you to know it's a puppy mill. We do have some in Maine. And there are certain laws um, against having too many dogs in one place. So sometimes you will see puppy mills get shut down. Puppy mills get shut down. If they get shut down, that means they have to stop running. Like they can't be a puppy mill anymore. And the next one. Kennel, kennel, this can be a tricky one because kennel has two meanings. A kennel can be the place in the picture where a dog is kept. So a kennel, see that dog? Those are actually huskies. I hope this isn't a puppy mill, but those dogs, they're all huskies. And they are kept in a kennel. It could be because they are waiting to work. Those are the types of dogs that pull sleds in the winter. Huskies. So a kennel, it could be just a place where the dog sleeps at night. A kennel. But a kennel can also be where dog owners pay other people to keep their dogs when they go on a trip, a kennel. So let's say I have a vacation coming up. My wife, Jamie and I, we are going to be going away. We are going to be getting on a plane and flying away. Well, because we have a dog, we have to find a place to keep that dog. So we could kennel him can also be a verb too. And a kennel is a place where the dog will stay, they will feed the dog, they will take the dog on a walk. And when we come back, hopefully our dog is healthy, happy, he had some fun. So a kennel is a place where you could keep your dog overnight or on the weekend or for a week and they will take care of the dog. You pay them, they take care of your dog. My dog also goes to something called doggy daycare, doggy daycare. Two days a week, my wife will bring the dog to this place 
called Doggy Daycare. They have other dogs there and he will play all day and he will come home very tired. We have daycare for kids, for babies. It's the same thing. If the mom and dad have to work, they will bring their child to daycare. People there will watch their child, make sure they get fed, make sure they are safe. Doggy daycare, same thing, just for dogs. Yeah. All right. Kennel. Are there any questions about kennel? Because it can be very confusing. In the picture, those dogs are in kennels. You can also say they're in cages. Kennel, it just sounds a little nicer. Kennel is like a big cage. But you could also take your dog to the kennel when you go for a trip. You can kennel your dog. Hope that helps. All right, Natalia says, I like to go out with my dog to the stores or coffee. Pet friendly. That is a great term, Natalia. Pet friendly is exactly what Natalia is talking about. So those are places like coffee shops or stores that allow your pet, probably a dog, to come in there. And you might see signs on the door that say, hey, we're pet friendly. They might even have a bowl of water right by the door to let you know it's okay to bring your dog in here. Oh, no way. Renata has a kitten. My brother and sister-in-law brought me my cat in 2017. I think they got him from an animal shelter. Well, that's a very nice thing, right? You So you could call that cat a rescue. You pretty much saved that cat's life because he came or she came from the shelter. Ah, look at that. Cane. Gato. Dog and cat. Spoiled. Um, spoiled Hank. Yeah, the dog's name is Hank, and he's probably, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's spoiled. I don't. I don't spoil him. Harry, what about Pen? That's a great question. So I would say a kennel and a pen are the same thing. So, and Harry spelled it exactly right. You might think, I don't even have a pen around, but you might think, oh, a pen to write with. Oh, I, I know what that just hit my computer. I know what that means. English. Don't you love it? Yeah. A pen could be a place where you keep a dog. That picture right there. I could have said, oh, those dogs are being kept in a pen. Nicely done. Cage. We are going to get to that. We are going to get to cage in a minute. The next one. I thought there were some really hard ones there. So I'm thinking this might be review. And I mean, come on. What a cute picture, right? So baby dogs, we call them puppies. And you can see there's a puppy right there. Isn't he cute? 
And then also the little cats, we actually have two names for them. You might hear kitten or you might hear kitty. So baby animals, puppy, super cute, and a kitty. I'm sure there are going to be no questions about that. Hey, Mary's here from Iran. Welcome, Mary. Right. Mega says she likes the background music. All right, good. Yeah, it, I don't know what it is about the music, but when I'm listening to it and I'm trying to learn, it just calms me, makes me feel calm, makes my brain ready to learn more, I think. All right, Fayez, is it legal to take a vicious dog for a walk? Okay, we're going to talk about leash in a minute, but there are leash laws in the United States. A leash law means your dog has to be on a leash if you walk it. Man, we'll talk about leash in a minute. But no, you the dog could have something on its mouth called a muzzle. I don't have muzzle as one of our terms. But a muzzle can be put on a dog if you are afraid that dog is going to bite somebody. So a muzzle can be put on the dog, but if a dog bites another person, the person who is bitten can sue the dog owner. Okay, so it's not illegal, but yes, a muzzle. It goes over the dog's mouth and prevents the dog from biting. What's that? I don't know about that. A, a puppuccino? Is it really? Is it really a thing? I don't think Jamie is watching. We don't. Starbucks is too expensive for us. We don't go to Starbucks. But Jasper, good to see you in here. The apartment in my community allows people to have pets. Oh, that's good. Now, sometimes this is not a term that I have. Pet deposit, though. Let's talk about that one right now. Pet deposit. If you are going to be moving into an apartment, you might have to pay a pet deposit if you want to have a pet. A deposit means you pay money when you move in could be $500. The pet deposit might be $500. When you move into your apartment, you pay the owner $500. Now it's a deposit. If your dog doesn't destroy anything in the apartment, when you move out, you get your $500 back. If when you move out, your pet does damage, the apartment owner will keep that money. Pet deposit. If you stay in a hotel room in the United States, some hotels allow pets, but you might have to pay a pet deposit. If the dog doesn't mess anything up 
if your dog doesn't destroy anything, you get that money back. Canine. Canine. Yeah. So um, there is a word in English. Starts with a C. Canine. But you also might see canine in the police department. And that means that officer has a dog. A dog probably in their car. They work with a dog. Canine. No way. The kitty picture? It looked like Audie's cat when it was a kitty. Aw. Very cute. The next one. Kitty litter. Kitty litter. So when your cat goes to the bathroom, they might go to the bathroom in kitty litter. And if you see that cat is sitting in a litter box, that cat is sitting in a litter box. Inside that litter box is kitty litter. See if I have a sentence for kitty litter. Do I? I think I do. Oh, don't you love English? Huh? We have kitty litter, but then we have something else called litter too. Three things. So you might see kitty litter. A cat might go to the bathroom on kitty litter in their litter box. You might see somebody throw trash out their car window. Any trash on the street, that could be called litter. But then also, you might also hear a litter of kittens or a litter of puppies. A litter, it's when the mom has babies. We might say, oh, she had a litter of four puppies. A litter is like the whole group of the little babies. So the mom had a litter of four puppies. So cats, dogs, they have litters. Bunch of little babies. Bunch of little babies. Just checking through the chat. Look at look at that. Look at that. There you go. You got it right, Natalia. I thought a litter was a group of puppies that were just born. Yes. Yeah. Don't you love English? We have at least three ways we use litter, and it's pretty different. All three of those ways are pretty different. Two of them have something to do with pets, which is good. Kitty litter. English. I'm so sorry. Ah, Ray. When is a puppy considered an adult dog? It's a great question. Usually two years, two years of age. So our puppy, our dog, he had puppy food since he was born. He has been eating puppy food since he has been born. And then they have adult dog food. And he started that at like one year old. So it just depends. But I think most, oh, 
most vets i don't think i have this um there will be a part two because i have a whole like whole bunch of uh terms that i didn't put on this list but vets are people who take care of pets vets are people who take care of pets i think two years old is when a dog is full grown and considered an adult renata i hate it when people litter too i mean how easy is it now my car is a bit of a mess you might have seen some videos where i was in my car it was a little messy but you know what i would rather my car have some litter in it and then when i get home i can just throw it away in the trash can who throws trash or litter out their car window does not make me very happy i don't blame you renata all right the next one you might hear this in english a chew toy so dogs they love to chew on things hopefully they don't chew your slippers so instead of having them chew your slippers they might chew on a chew toy we also have another toy in english called a squeak toy and guess what a squeak toy does it squeaks it can be a little annoying if at night your dog wants to play and you have given your dog a squeak toy and they are squeaking it do you know that word squeak think about what a mouse does that's what we say a mouse when it makes a noise it squeaks if there is a door when you open it and it makes a sound like like it needs some oil or it needs some grease it might go we might call that a squeak how did you like my sound effect effect it's not a very good sound effect a squeak is usually a little higher but hopefully you know what i mean because you have toys like this in your your language they make a noise squeak that rubber ducky right there if you squeeze it so i'm doing with my fingers right now i'm squeezing it it would probably make a noise squeak toy they can be a little annoying chew toy hey, here's another one when um dogs are puppies they are probably doing something called teething be a new word for you teething that is when a puppy's teeth are coming in when they're born they probably don't have many teeth but the teeth when they come in we call that teething the same for babies also teething so if a baby or a dog is teething they love to chew on things look at that mode eggs used an idiom the squeaky wheel gets the grease that usually means the person who complains the most gets the most attention yeah if somebody is always complaining 
they might get attention. Let's say you work with a bunch of people and there's one person that's always complaining to the boss. Hey, I, I want to go home early. Oh, oh, the coffee is cold. They might get a little more attention from the boss and it might be um, negative attention, but the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Oh, squeaky clean. I love it when I take a shower. After my shower, I feel squeaky clean. Radu, good to see you here. How much do chew toys usually cost? It depends. We do have Dollar Trees, Dollar Stores, Dollaramas. Um, we do have stores where you can buy things for about a dollar. You could get a chew toy there, but it might not last too long. So I think we have some chew toys at my house that might have cost $4 or $5. Modags, is that to is that toy called a teether, right? I don't know. I haven't heard it called a teether. Teether? Te that's not easy to say. Teether? Squeak toy. The next one. You know, I figured... We haven't talked much about fish. Some people have fish as pets. And one of the most common pets to have as a fish would be this guy right here. Goldfish. And in the United States, I don't know about where you live, there is a snack often given to children. They're little crackers in the shape of goldfish. They're called goldfish. And I had some this week and they are good. I had the cheddar jalapeno goldfish. They're crackers. They are not pets. But they were good. Now you might see a fish kept in a fish bowl. That's what we call those things right there. Fish bowls. Fish bowls. Usually a fish bowl can hold one or two fish. Did you see that there? The plural, the plural of fish is fish. You can have one fish. You can have two fish. You can have three fish. We don't add an S for fish. It's not fishes. Although you might hear fishes sometimes, but if you want to speak proper English, just say two fish. In that fishbowl, there are two fish. Actually, there's one jumping out of the fishbowl. But in one of those fishbowls, there are two fish and one jumping out. In the other fishbowl, there's only one fish. Hope that helps. Hope that helps. Yeah, Mega says that is a cheap toy. Yeah. If a, toy, if a toy doesn't last that long, you can definitely call it cheap. Yeah, that chew toy that your dog chews through in about two minutes, it's a cheap toy. It's a cheap toy. Cheap doesn't usually have a very good meaning. If something is cheap, it doesn't last long. Usually. Usually. Hey, Linda. From Italy. Welcome. All right. Watching on replay. Mode, come in. Yes, 
you can use that phrasal verb um, when we when we talk about teeth. Uh, let's not talk about hair. Um, yeah, because my hair's falling out. So yeah, I, unfortunately, I don't have any hair coming in. But yes, if we talk about babies, you can say, "Oh, he's got some hair coming in," means it's just starting to grow, or the teeth are coming in. I'm I'm so sad. My my hair. We can also use falling out. That's what we would talk about. My hair. It seems my forehead gets a little bit bigger each live lesson. Like, I thought I had a little more hair last week. Uh, guess not. Guess not. What's that? You could actually say fishes when you're referring to the double plural of the term. Okay. You could. People might look at you a little funny though when you're saying fishes in English. So you might just want to stick to fish, but who cares? Who cares, right? Little kids, you will hear them often say fishes. Adults usually don't, usually don't say fishes. Drank like a fish. If somebody, Betty knows this, right? If somebody drinks a lot of alcohol, a lot of beer, a lot of vodka, you might hear them say, hey, that person drinks like a fish. Look at this, Renata. Why, right? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Fish, one fish, two fish. Sheep, oh hey, that's a cute sheep over there. How many sheep are in that farm? How many sheep are on that farm? Deer, one deer, three deer. Yeah, our animal, our animal terms are weird. A lot of them are very weird. Harry, Harry just said fish tank or aquarium. I'm so glad you said that because we also have something called a fish tank. You might also hear aquarium. This would be for housing more fish. So if you only have one or two fish, you put them in a fishbowl. If you have a bunch of fish, well... You might need to get an aquarium or a fish tank. And that is what this person has. You could either either use fish tank or aquarium. Drink like Brent. What? Wait a second. No. You know what? I do drink a lot. But I don't drink that much alcohol. Hardly at all. But I do like to drink a lot of water. And some energy drinks in the morning. I don't like coffee. Which uh, means I have to go to the bathroom a lot in between classes. You might know that I, I teach school. I teach four classes a day in a classroom. And in between those morning classes, I go to the bathroom quite a bit. Yeah. lots. It takes a lot of energy. A lot of energy drink. I just, I have one a day. Have one energy drink a day. A monster. I had one this morning. Wait a second. Something sounds fishy to me. Yeah, if you if you don't believe something, or if somebody is cheating, you could say that. Yeah, that seems a little fishy to me. Seems a little fishy to me. 
Stay hydrated. Thank you. Stay hydrated. I'm going to take a drink right now. All right. Fish tank, fish bowl, and you might hear aquarium also. Really? Radu? The plural of honey is also honey? I don't know if I knew that. I don't talk about honey that much. But I think also the plural of water is water. Like we usually say, like, I'm going to take a sip of water. Yeah. All right. What do we got left here? A couple more, I think. The next one is cage. So this one doesn't have as nice a sound as kennel, like we talked about earlier. Like if you leave a dog in a cage, it just doesn't sound as nice as, as kennel. Or the next one we'll talk about crate. But you might keep a mouse or a bird in a cage. Those are animals you might hear of as being in a cage. But dogs, we probably wouldn't say it is kept in a cage. It just sounds bad. It has a bad sound to it. But you could keep a bird in a cage. You could keep a a mouse in a cage. No problem there. Another thing you might hear, and this is the term that we use in my house, is crate. So a crate, it's like a cage, but you can see the bottom, it's a little softer for the dog. And you could put a blanket. Let's see, I do have, I do have a sentence for you here. A crate is where a dog might sleep at night or while the owner is away. It might have a blanket or toy inside. So when my family leaves the house, our dog might go to doggy daycare or he might stay in his crate. So he has a nice blanket in there. He has a chew toy in there. It's like his little home in our home. So he likes it. He likes it. He'd rather be with us, but a crate is nice and cozy. A cage doesn't sound as cozy. It doesn't sound as homey. Doesn't sound as nice. A crate is a nice way to say cage. Crate is a nice way to say cage. Jasper says, if you refer to different kinds of fish, you could say fishes. Is that correct? You know what? It might be correct. If you look in a grammar book, it might be correct. But I think most Americans will always just say fish because it sounds funny to us. So you might hear, whoa, there are a lot of different kinds of fish in that aquarium. I mean, that's what I would say. Is it correct? I'm not sure, but that's what you will hear Americans saying. 
whoa, there are a lot of fish, a lot of different kinds of fish in that aquarium. So, you know, if sometimes um, being absolutely uh, grammatically correct, it might make you sound um, a little bit different in the United States. But hey, you do you, right? Speak however you would like to speak. Don't worry about other people. Don't worry about it. Now, the next one, mostly with dogs. You might see it on a cat sometimes, though. But that thing that goes around a dog's neck is called the collar. Going to learn a couple more terms here. Tight and loose. The dog's owner needs to make sure the collar isn't too tight, but it isn't too loose either. So if a collar is tight, let's see, I'll try to make this uh, sweatshirt tight around my neck. You might, it hurts. I could choke if the collar is too tight. But if it's too loose, if it's too big, the dog's head might slip out under the collar the dog may run into the road and get hurt. So you got to be careful when you have your collar on your dog and you are taking them for a walk. Well, if you're going to take your dog on a walk, you're going to need a leash. And right there is a picture of a leash. Now that dog is not wearing a collar. Do you see how the dog has something around its chest, we would call this a harness. A harness does not go around the dog's neck. That is a harness. So it won't hurt the dog's neck as much. That arrow is pointing to the leash. Oh, that's not, that's too early. The dog's owner needs to make sure the collar isn't too tight, but it isn't too loose either. I thought I had a sentence for leash, but I guess I don't. Leash. Well, if you have a collar and you have a leash or you have a collar and a harness, you can take your dog on a walk. You can take your dog on a walk or you might hear a different preposition. You can take your dog for a walk. You will hear both. Okay. You can take your dog on a walk or you can take your dog for a walk. Wait, what? Renata, are the terms billy goat and nanny goat common nowadays? I've never heard nanny goat but I have heard Billy Goat quite a bit. Yes. Monica. Dominica. How are you? I actually have a student who has a name very close to yours. All right, Brian. Great question. Is a collar the same as a leash? And no, we just answered that one, right? So just as a review. Oh, my wife is in the chat. Welcome, Jamie Watson. 
I had a question for you and I can't remember what the question was. Oh my gosh. Okay. Radu, let's talk about this. Yes. Some dogs have shock collars. And if you know what it is, shock, you will know what a shock collar is. So let's go back to collar here. Collar goes around a dog's neck, but if it's a shock collar, the owner will have a remote control, just like for a television, the owner will have a remote control. And if the dog barks, the owner can deliver a shock to the dog. It hurts. So some people don't believe in shock collars, but you will hear that. You will hear that term shock collars. Thank you, Radu. Thank you. Modeg says, unleash your inner beast. I've heard that before. Is that monster slogan? What? Fayez, there's a slogan for the Alabama football team. Unleash the tide. What does that mean? So if a dog is on a leash, it can't get very far, right? That is the whole point of a leash. The dog has to stay near you. But if you say unleash the tide or unleash the beast, it means to give them freedom. Now, I went to the University of Alabama and our team nickname is the tide. The tide. You will see the tide at the ocean. It's just, it's water, like waves. So unleash the tide, it means to... um play really well against your opponent. I don't think that would help anybody else, but at least unleash. It means to like let free, let free. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. This morning it's probably about 50%, but yeah. Says Brent is made of uh, 60% monster. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. So I try not to drink too much, but it's so good so good yeah hey um harry great point is it going to be funny if someone says necklace referring to a collar yeah probably now a collar is not for decoration okay it's for it has a use so a necklace is fancy it's supposed to look good so yeah, those two we would not use unless there I can I can vi- envision a very rich woman having a poodle if you know that dog and they might put a necklace around that dog's neck. But no, collar and necklace are are quite different. All right, speaking on prepositions, Emmanuel You may as well do a lesson about it and phrases we can use with more than just one preposition. That is a good idea. About a year ago, I did a a lesson. We took a quiz with prepositions. You could probably look for it. It was a live lesson um, because prepositions can be very difficult, but uh, we might need to update that lesson, Emmanuel. Great point. Whiskers one's going to be pretty easy because you can see the picture there cats 
have whiskers. You see those things in the picture? Those are whiskers. So if you never knew what to call those little things that are right above a cat's mouth, now you know. Those are whiskers. And guess what? We have the same term for mostly men, right? It's the little hairs on my face that make up my beard. We call those whiskers. Those whiskers. I think I did an entire live lesson on shaving. And I believe we talked about whiskers for people. But you can also have whiskers for cats. Oh, that's a great question. Natalia. Oh, actually, I don't know if Jamie is still here, um, but she's about to take Hank, our dog, on a walk. Jamie, what is that little thing called? I think it's called. Okay, so Natalia's question. How do we call the little piece of metal that is hooked to the pet's collar and it has its name? I would call it an ID tag. I'll write that out because ID, I would call it that, an ID tag. It's short for identification. So if you can identify something, it means you can name it. Like, oh, can you identify the type of cat that is in the picture? I I cannot identify that. So an ID tag It helps you identify the dog. So it might have the address of the pet's owner on it. But yeah, that's what we call it. The ID tag, the ID tag, right? Hey, earlier in the, I never know what mode is going to say. So I'm a little worried about reading this before I actually read it in my head. Hey, earlier in the lesson, Brent was talking about how you pamper Hank, have fun walking him. Did, did I? I don't know if I said, oh yeah, I did. I did, right? Because Aaron, he said spoil. So, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of, he's sort of spoiled. Sort of. Not too bad though. Here's, this is a tough one, I think. Because you will hear both verbs. We're talking about pets here. But guess what? In English, yeah, pet, it can be a verb too. You can pet your dog or you can pat them. So let's make me, so if let's pretend, oh, let's pretend, let's pretend this microphone is a dog. Okay. So I'm, I'm patting the microphone right now. That's what the verb, when I'm doing this, You can say, oh, I'm patting my microphone. Let's pretend it's a dog. I'm patting my dog. Oh, isn't he so nice? But I can also pet him. And pet might be like this. You could also, I would probably use stroke for a cat, but it's mostly pet. We would use that. Look, I'm, I'm petting my cat right now. I'm petting my dog right now. So pat literally means like this. But it doesn't have to be. This could be, oh, he's patting his cat. I say pet, though. Oh, he's petting his dog. How sweet. And if you look at that picture right there, that person, 
is petting the cat. You could say pat, though. Pat the cat? I think you will hear pet more often, though. All right, the next one here. Why do some people get pets? Well, they want companionship. Companionship. And that comes from the word companion. And a a companion can be a person. If you look at that picture right there, it seems that those people have companions. Companion is definitely like friends, but it's also someone you do stuff with. You can hang out with your companion. So let's practice a little shadowing right here. A companion can be a person. A companion is someone you do stuff with. So a companion is the person. Some people buy pets to have companionship. Someone to share their life with. Many people get pets for companionship. Many people get pets to have a companion. Do you see the difference there? Companion refers to the thing, either the friend or the pet. The pet. Companionship is just the whole, whole thing, like your whole life. You want companionship from your pet. You want to share your life with your pet. But many people get pets to have a companion. Hope that helps. Just a couple different ways we use the same root word. I have a companion. I feel companionship when I'm with my friend. Hope that helps. The person you marry might be called a lifelong companion. So that is a person you are going to spend the rest of your life with. We would call that person your lifelong companion. Unfortunately, pets, or fortunately, pets don't live as long as people usually. So when you buy a dog, you wouldn't say, That is your lifelong companion. Because hopefully you will outlive your dog. What? Dogs live for 12, 13, 14, 16 years. Hopefully that helps. What about this one? Housebroken. Housebroken. Now, if you look at those two pictures, the cat and the litter box is back and that dog oh he's going out he's going out so when my dog my wife's dog has to use the bathroom someone will ask him hey do you need to go out that means they leave the house to go to the bathroom and if a pet does that all the time we would say that they are housebroken doesn't make any sense, right? Like usually breaking a house, that would be a bad thing, but housebroken, a pet who is housebroken will go to the bathroom 
in a place you want them to. Dogs usually go outside. Cats might go in a litter box. Hope that helps. Hope that helps. Oh, Renata says, I am a cat person. You will hear that. That means she likes cats. Probably more than dogs. So you might hear, I am a cat person. I'm a dog person. I'm a turtle person. Probably not. I'm a mouse person. Now, we usually use this when talking about cats and dogs because most people, let's face it, you probably either love dogs, don't like cats as much, or you love cats and you don't like dogs as much. They're very different. Like you might not buy a cat for companionship. A lot of the times the cats will just like leave you. They don't even want to be in the same room with you. A dog, that's very different. So in the chat, would you put in the chat, are you a dog person? Are you a cat person? Or are you like Betty? I don't really like animals. I don't like pets. I would probably agree with Betty. I am not a pet person. See what I did there? I am not a pet person. But if you're a cat person, I'd love to hear it. If you are a dog person, I'd love to hear it. Dominica, dog person, dog person. That's a good, see, cats and dogs are so different, right? If you like cats, that's probably one of the reasons you like them because cats are cleaner. Dogs, you know, cats are always cleaning themselves. They will always lick themselves and they will don't have this, but they will often cough up a hairball. That's what we call it in English, a hairball. If a cat is licking itself and then it gets too much fur in its mouth or stomach, I'm not a cat person. Fur is the hair on an animal, usually. When they cough it up, yeah, it's a hairball. And you might hear that cat coughing up a hairball. There you go. Apollo, pet person, cats and dogs. Perfect. Mega, not so much with the pets. I don't blame you. Fafa, dog person. Ooh, mode eggs. Once heard someone say, dogs have owners, cats have staff. That is awesome. So staff is like people who work at a place. So the pet store we talked about earlier, they have a staff. That is the group of people that work there. So that makes sense. Cats really don't, they don't make for good friends most of the time. Some cats do, but oh, Freddie Wolf. I am more of a cat person. Yeah, that's a great sentence. So when he says that, it means I don't hate dogs. I just like cats more. 
I'm more of a cat person. Yulia, I'm a cat person and a dog person. Interesting. Shevket is a cat person. All right, here, here's some more differences with cats and dogs. Cats are too complicated. Yeah, they can be. But if you are a person who isn't home a lot, cats can kind of do things on their own. We might call a cat self-sufficient. If, if somebody is self-sufficient, that means they can do everything by themselves. So a cat, you could probably leave for a week, right? Just leave food and water in a litter box. You might have a mess when you come back, but yeah. So cats can be left alone for longer. Yeah. Um. Hey, Natalia, I would say this. Dogs have to be trained. Use that instead. Dogs have to be trained. Well, my sentence doesn't start with a capital letter. The D on dog, it should be capital. Recall right there, capital letter. You call yourself an English teacher, right? Should be a capital letter right there. Hmm. All right. Be careful here, Ray. Be careful. What does it mean when people are called caddy? Okay. So some people might take offense to caddy. So if two women are fighting, we would call that a cat fight. Be careful with that term. Some people might not like it. I wouldn't say it, but that's where caddy comes from. So when you hear caddy usually refers to a woman and it usually means they are not nice. They are often talking about gossip. Gossip is coming up in a uh, future video. I think on Wednesday, we'll be talking about gossip. Brent, what does dogger mean? I don't know, Emmanuel. It's not a term that I would use. Um, sometimes we use grammar police. Uh oh, sorry, mode. Put my hands up. You caught me. The grammar police have caught me. Um, you could say dog tired. Someone is really tired. Might hear dog tired. Yeah. But yes. So you could tame. You could tame a cat for sure. You could tame a tiger. You could tame a lion. I would say trained for dogs and then tamed for wild animals. Yeah, so I don't think we would use tame for dogs. Um, you could tame a horse. Yeah. So usually when there's an animal that is wild, usually not in a house, not around people, we would say, I tamed the tiger. I tamed the lion. I tamed the horse. Cats are kind of crazy anyway. So you could probably say tame with a cat, but you might want to use trained instead. Hope that makes sense. 
Dodger. I don't think so. Not not anything to do with pets, at least. Dodger. I don't think so. Train sounds nicer to me. Tame has an element of control. Very well put mode. Yeah. So I think if you stick with the taming of wild animals and then dogs are trained, I think you'll be on to something. All right, perfect. All right, Natalia, Mr. Brent, do you like pet competitions? I don't know what the name is, but something like a contest, a beauty contest. Um, what do we call it? The dog show. Yeah, so in the United States, we celebrate Thanksgiving. We celebrate that in November. And one of our traditions is to watch the dog show after we eat um, Thanksgiving dinner. And that is like a beauty pageant for dogs. Yeah, it's like a beauty pageant or a beauty contest for dogs. We just call it the dog show. It's a good question. All right. It is time. Casey's back. Right as it's time to uh, wrap this lesson up. Wrap this lesson up. I want to thank you all for joining here. If you stick around in like another half an hour, Bob the Canadian will be going live he is going to do some question and answering. Check his channel out. You probably know his channel, Bob the Canadian. Just look it up. You'll find him. He's kind of big. All right. You all, thank you so much for joining this live lesson for almost an hour and a half. I hope you know more about pets in English than you did before. Thank you so much. Hey, Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the live English lesson on spring cleaning. Yeah, so we are going to be here for about an hour and I hope you learn lots of English vocabulary that you can use during spring cleaning, but I think you'll be able to use this vocabulary anytime you're cleaning and there might be some extra ones you can just use in everyday conversation. But before we get started, I do want to say hello to a couple people. It looks like France, Thailand, and Taiwan are very well represented. And India, it looks like. So Sam, what's going on? Apple. Maria's here. Hello. Welcome. Mega. I just talked to uh, Mega. I sent you a message. You won the postcard from a couple weeks ago. And France, look at this. Regis is here. Freddie's here. Danny's here. France is well represented. Bonjour, mon ami. Bonjour, mon ami. All right, let's get right into it. And if other people show up, I'll do my best to say hello to them. But I know you are here to learn English, so let's do it. This time of year, where I live, a lot of my neighbors and my family, we are doing something we call spring cleaning. 
Now this happens in the spring, which in my part of the world, we are experiencing winter leaving us. The temperatures are getting a little warmer. The flowers are starting to come out of the ground. And that gets everyone in the mood to clean because maybe you're going to have some friends coming over or maybe you're going to be opening your windows, opening your doors, and you don't want everyone to see your mess. I forgot, Mize Dance. Mize Dance is here for the first time. Welcome, Betty. Got to say hello to Betty. How are you? Welcome. Fayez is here. Jeez. Spring has sprung. Exactly. In my part of the world, spring has sprung. That means it's here. No more winter. I don't think we'll get snow again. So when you are cleaning, there are a couple special things we use in English, and I would like to teach you some of those. We'll talk about some of the verbs we use, some of the tools we use inside and outside of the house. And of course, I have some sentences for you that you can use to shadow. So the first one we have here is something called deep cleaning. Deep clean. Now, you might clean your house every week, and that is okay. But you probably don't deep clean every week deep clean, you might get out the mop. If you look at that picture, the person on the left, they are using a mop to mop the floor. So mop can be a noun, a thing you use, or you can use it as a verb. So that person there on the right is mopping the floor. The person on the left is using rubber gloves. We'll talk about those in a minute. And they are washing the windows. Here's a sentence you can use to practice deep clean. If you clean something really well, we might call it a deep clean. People usually deep clean when they spring clean. I hope that is a great sentence for you to use when shadowing. It's actually two sentences. Maybe I should read it one more time. If you clean something really well, we might call it a deep clean. People usually deep clean when they spring clean. And just in case you don't know what shadowing is, shadowing is when the teacher will say a sentence or say a word and then you say it after them. You repeat it. If you want to get really advanced, what you can do is rewind the lesson and try to say exactly what I say when I say it. Be my shadow. If you can do that. It's, it's a little tough. Hopefully, I read that at a good pace for you. I know we have a lot of people in here who are advanced learners. We have some people who might be intermediate learners. Probably nobody who is a beginner. But if you are a beginner, good luck 
it is going to probably take years. There you go, Maria. Mop. That's how you spell, <laughs> excuse me, spell that word. Mop. M-O-P. Mop. My friend from Poland is here. Welcome. Wait a second, Betty. What? I thought this video was a premiere last night. Oh, no. What I did was I released the trailer to give you a little preview. But we are live today. We are live. And Cecilia is here. Hey, welcome. Argentina is in the house. The next one is clutter. And I put up on my Instagram a question, a poll, how many people knew clutter? And it looked like about 60% of the people who answered the poll knew clutter. So maybe we don't have to spend a lot of time on clutter. Please let me know in the chat if you know the word clutter. Just put a yes, and we will not spend too long on clutter. But if you look at this room, oh my goodness, it looks like there is a lot of clutter in this room. You can see there is a blender in the front. There's a radio. It looks like there is a sled in the back, a coffee maker, so many things. And that is what we call clutter. There are a lot of Americans, maybe in your country too, where you see something in the store and you're like, oh, I need to buy that. And so you buy it. But then you end up not needing it. And it just collects in your house. It just, you find it in the corners. You find it on the shelves. It's just not needed. And that's what we call clutter. So I have a sentence for you. Clutter. Well, what is it? Clutter is all of the items in your house that you no longer use. Maybe clothes in your closet that you no longer wear. Clutter. It's just things, items, stuff that's in your house that you probably wish was not in your house. And we have a, a way to get rid of that stuff. And we have this verb called declutter. Declutter. If you declutter your house, you get rid of those things you no longer use. Declutter. And if we look at, if we look at this picture... back. I don't know what happened there. I pushed a button and then I disappeared, but I think I'm back. I hope that doesn't happen again. We were talking about clutter and then we talked about declutter. Hello. Am I there? I'm there. I hope I'm there. No, no. I think it's me. My dance. I think it was me. I just got disconnected. Let's talk about declutter because I am going to pretend that I am still still alive. Looks like I'm live. I'm not sure. 
If you declutter your house, you get rid of those things you no longer use. Declutter. Declutter. Now let's talk about a couple places where you might have clutter. These are two places in your house. And I'm using the verb here, collect. Collect. Declutter. Declutter. All right, phew, I'm back. I'm back. A couple places in your house are the attic and the garage. And I have a sentence for you. Clutter might collect in your garage or your attic. Where's your garage? Just in case you don't know, the garage is right there. And that is usually the place where you will keep your car. You'll protect your car from the rain. You will protect your car from the snow. You'll keep it in your garage. But do you know what happens a lot of times? At least Americans will have a garage. We're supposed to put our car in that garage but then it just gets filled with clutter. It just gets filled with clutter. So there is no place to keep your car. That's not that way at my house. My house, we actually have two garages. We have two of them and we have enough room where we can keep both of the cars. I love the garage in the winter because when it snows, I don't have to clean off my car. Clean off your car. That might be a phrasal verb you're not familiar with. But when it snows and the snow gets on your car, you can clean it off. But luckily, you don't have to worry about cleaning snow off your car when we're talking about spring cleaning. How about the attic? Do you know the attic of your house? If you have a house, it might have an attic, and that is the very top part of your house. A lot of times, people do not live up there, but you can have what's called a finished attic. So people might live up there, but if you look at the ceilings, they will be slanted. A lot of people like to stash items in the attic. The next one, clean out. There's another phrasal verb for you. Clean out. Clean out the fridge. And what might you do if you clean out the fridge? Oh, geez. Fayez, and I know Cecilia knows this. We have a question from Fayez. Don't you have a shed? to put clutter away? I do. Before we talk about the fridge, let's talk about my shed. And if you have been a uh, subscriber to the channel for a year or two, two years, my first summer, I started the YouTube channel in 2020. And that first summer, I did some live streams outside and I broke my shed door live 
Yeah. If you are a channel member, there's a little emoji you can put in the chat with the broken shed door. Yeah. That was a thing a couple of years ago. I do have a shed and the door is broken. And over the winter, it got even more broken. But yeah, I didn't use shed as one of the vocabulary terms, but a shed, big vocabulary word coming, is like a smaller detached garage. If something is detached, it's not connected. So I do have a shed. It's smaller than my garage. And I do have some tools out there. We will talk about some of the tools that are in my shed a little bit later. Harry from China. I'm so glad I was able to teach Harry a new word. Clutter. That's new for me. It's the same as secondhand stuff. Okay. Secondhand stuff is different. I'm glad you mentioned that. So during spring cleaning, most people will want to get rid of their stuff. We'll talk about one place that stuff may go, which is a garage sale. But secondhand stuff is the stuff you buy that other people owned. So we'll get to garage sale later. And that is where you can pick up secondhand stuff. Natalia's here. How are you? Welcome. Audie. Did I say hi to Audie? I'm not sure if I did. Hey, Audie. How are you? All right. So when you clean out the fridge, here are a couple new terms for you, I hope. When you clean out the fridge, you throw away half-empty containers, expired milk, and food you no longer eat. Let me read that one more time. When you clean out the fridge, you throw away half-empty containers, expired milk, and food you no longer eat. And I'm sure if you've been studying English for a little while, you know we have the refrigerator. Refrigerator. And that is where you keep stuff cold. You may keep milk in there. You may keep eggs in there. But a lot of Americans will simply say fridge instead of refrigerator, which is pretty long. We'll say fridge. So when you clean out the fridge, you throw away half empty containers. Is there, is there a typo in there? I went over these to make sure there were no typos. And what do you know? There is a typo there. I fixed it. When you clean out the fridge, you throw away half empty containers expired milk, and food you no longer eat. Let's talk about what expired milk is. What is that? Expired milk has turned bad or has passed its date. So in the United States, 
probably where you live too. When you buy milk, there is a date on that milk. In English, we call it the expiration date. That means you need to drink that milk before that date or you got to throw it out. So when you're cleaning out your fridge, you might find a container of milk that has gone bad or turned bad or passed its date. You do not want to drink that milk. It's probably sour, probably sour. Take a look at the chat. Make sure there are no burning questions in there. Natalia, hey, Mr. Brent. Do you like to put or hang little stuff in your fridge, like photos or post-its? Yes, I wish I could take a photo of my fridge right now, but you will see some magnets on there. I have a magnet from Hungary that Nori sent me. Um, It's been a little while since I've seen Nori, but if she watches this on replay, she sent me a magnet from the country of Hungary. And that is hanging on my fridge. I think there are a couple pictures of my kids on my fridge. Yeah, we do have we do have some. It's usually my wife that hangs those up there. Good question. Yeah, Betty. That milk is going to be smelly. That expired milk is going to be smelly. All right, Fayez, how can we use sell-by date in a sentence? Hmm. Let's see. I looked at the sell-by date on the milk and it had expired. How about that? I looked at the sell-by date on the milk and it had expired. Hope that's a good one for you. What? Dunsnay. Hope I'm saying your name correctly. This is your first time? Welcome. Kuba. Welcome. Love it. Love it. Yeah, sure. Hey, Apple the Frog, you can. If you empty the fridge, and you probably do that when you're cleaning out the fridge. So if you empty the fridge, that means to me, you take everything out of the fridge. And that's one thing you might want to do when you're cleaning the fridge. It looks like Mai's dance has dinner waiting. There you go. Enjoy your dinner. Harry's wondering, have I ever drunk expired milk without noticing it? No, I haven't. Not that I know of. I'm um I'm very careful when it comes to expired food. So I'll always smell the milk first. I try never to buy two containers of milk. So I always know I always know when the milk is bad. Now eggs, on the other hand, I have cracked an egg before and I could just tell the egg was bad. And then I looked at the date on the egg carton and I was like, oh yeah, don't use that egg. Don't use that egg. All right. Good question, Harry. The next one, this one, rubber gloves. If you're cleaning out your fridge or doing work in the kitchen to keep your hands from getting too nasty, you might want to use 
rubber gloves. That's what those are. Pretty easy, right? They are gloves made out of rubber. But sometimes you might hear rubber gloves called kitchen gloves, right? Rubber gloves are sometimes called kitchen gloves. I like to wear rubber gloves when I'm cleaning out gross things in the kitchen. I think there will be a part two of this because I just had so many terms and one term I'm not teaching today, but it's to pull out appliances. If you know what that is, perfect. But when you pull out your refrigerator, you probably only do that during spring cleaning and you might find some nasty stuff behind there. I like wearing rubber gloves or kitchen gloves when I have to do that kind of work. Rubber gloves. Good stuff there. Rubber gloves. Do you own a pair of rubber gloves? We own one pair of rubber gloves in my house, and they are too small for my hands. But that's okay. I will wear them anyways because I don't want to get my hands all yucky, all dirty, all gross. The next thing you might do if you are spring cleaning is wash the windows. Wash the windows. And the hard part of washing the windows is when you have to wash the outside of the windows. For part two, we are going to be talking about a power washer. And that is what is washing those windows. If you see that hose-like thing that's squirting the water on the windows, we would call that a power washer. And a lot of people power wash their windows during spring cleaning. Here's a sentence for you. I find it hard to wash windows because I tend to leave streaks. I tend to leave streaks. And streaks are those little lines on the window after you wash them. I'm forever wiping them, trying to get rid of the streaks. Please let me know in the comments. Do you wash windows well? Do you wash windows well? Oh, Cecilia says, I'd like to have a power washer. So my brother lives up the street from me. He doesn't live too far from me. And when I first bought this house, we chipped in. Maybe a new phrasal verb there. We chipped in together to buy a power washer. So it's at his house right now, but Jamie, my wife, and I put in half of the money. My brother Ben and his wife put in the other half. We each chipped in and bought a power washer. So I might have to borrow that from him. 
so I can power wash my windows and I can power wash my house. Absolutely. Power wash. You can also power wash your car. Absolutely. You can power wash the car windows or you can power wash the paint. Now, the scary thing about getting too close with the power washer, if it is too strong, it might peel away some of the paint. Phrasal verb, peel away. If you get too close with the power washer, you might peel away some of the paint on your car. Fayez, did you, have you been spying on me? How, how did you know? Is that the next one? No, it's coming up. Two away, we're going to be talking about gutters. That's a fun word to say, right? Gutters, gutters, gutters. Wait a second, what? We wash windows using newspaper? Betty, doesn't, doesn't the newspaper get your windows all black? Interesting, interesting. Oh man, squeegee. That is not something I had planned on um, talking about in English today. But can I find a picture of a squeegee? I think I can. Yeah, so what Danny is talking about hmm, is a squeegee. I think, let me pull up a picture of a squeegee. Can I do that, Danny? Let me see. So I think I now have a lot of pictures up there of squeegees. That is what a squeegee is in English. And it really helps when you're washing windows. You probably won't leave any streaks if you have a squeegee. A lot of gas stations in the United States have squeegees so you can wash your car windows. Nicely done, Danny. Thank you for that one. Squeegee. Squeegee. I love doing these live lessons because, yeah, I'm definitely the teacher, but there are so many students in here that are really good English learners. You help me out, so thank you. And I also know there are a lot of English teachers on YouTube and you are choosing to watch me. So again, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And if you haven't, you know, hit that little like button so other people can find it. Nicely done. All right, let's get back to the lesson. Squeegees, washing windows. How about this one? Sweep the chimney. We don't use clean or wash out. We might use sweep the chimney. Now, the good thing at my house is I don't actually have to sweep my chimney. That would probably mean I had to hire a person to help me clean out my chimney or sweep my chimney. But this is the reason why. Here's the sentence. I don't need to have my chimney swept because I don't have a wood-burning stove. I think that is a pretty complicated sentence, 
which is why I wrote it on the screen. I don't need to have my chimney swept because I don't have a wood-burning stove. And if you aren't exactly sure what a chimney is, on the left, there is a man working on a brick thing at the top of somebody's house. Well, that brick thing is a chimney. That brick thing is a chimney. One more time. I don't need to have my chimney swept because I don't have a wood-burning stove. So the past tense of that verb sweep is swept. And then a wood-burning stove, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a stove that burns wood. Hope that helps there. The next one, clean the gutters. And in that picture, on the top of the house, you will have gutters. And a lot of times, leaves will get clogged in the gutters. Now, sometimes people will clean up in the fall or the autumn. In the United States, we say fall. So a lot of people will clean their gutters in the fall. We'll talk about mowing the lawn and raking leaves. That is often done in the fall, which is when I do it. But after I'm done, the wind will come, blow all the leaves from my neighbor's lawn onto my lawn. More leaves will fall from the tree after it snows. So a lot of these things are done in the fall and the spring. If you do it in the fall, it's easier in the spring. So, But clean the gutters. And I hope I have a new word for you here. And that word is clogged. If your gutters are clogged, you will need to clean them out or your roof might get water damaged. Clogged. A toilet can get clogged. Clogged is usually when something is stuck in it. You could, you could clog your throat. That could be dangerous. If you're food um, gets stuck in your throat, we might say it's clogged. Your throat is clogged. Or if you're sick, you might have a clogged throat. Clogged. Things are stuck in a small space. Clogged. Let's check the chat just to make sure. Rise and shine. Emmanuel just woke up. Rise and shine. We sometimes say that. Apple, what's the difference between wash the windows and clean the windows? Not much. Nothing, really. Yeah, my friend from France says, a very dangerous to clean the gutters. It is. If you can afford to hire somebody who is trained, who is a professional, it's probably better for them because you need to climb up on a ladder can be very dangerous, can be very dangerous. 
Mm, that's a good question. How do you call the person who sweeps your chimney? I don't know. Luckily, I don't have to worry about that. But I could ask my friend, my friend Brian. I know he has to have his chimney swept. So a lot of times I will ask my friends, hey, who do you recommend? Who do you recommend? And they will tell me a person who will do a good job. Hey, who do you recommend to sweep my chimney? No way, Danny. We actually swept our chimney two days ago. And we also had to put on a new chimney cap. That sounds expensive. It had fallen down during a storm last winter. Interesting. Danny, thank you for sharing. Danny, sorry you had to pay money. It sounds expensive. Sounds expensive. Owning a home can be very expensive. It's a good investment, though. It's a good investment. Jake, my friend from South Korea, you're not late. You're not late. Um, if you're watching on replay, how are you? If you're listening on the podcast, welcome. Iran is in the house. That is in my top three countries. I would love to visit Iran one day. Come on. Pakistan is right up there too. Wonderful people. I heard it's great to be a guest in Pakistan. Uh-oh. A trickster is in the chat. We need to be careful. Watch out for modags. Angelo. Hey, so good to see you in here. A postcard is coming your way. A postcard is coming your way, Angelo. All right. I sent it out, I think, yesterday or the day before. Back to the lesson. Let's do this. Let's get rid of that. Let's change this. I hope this is a new term for you. Junk drawer. Yes, that is an English term. Most American families have junk drawers. I'm wondering if you have a junk drawer. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's exactly what it looks like. It's a drawer. And you can see two pictures of drawers there. You might keep spices in a drawer. You might keep forks and knives in a drawer. Well, you might also have a junk drawer in your kitchen. And the drawer on the left, the one with all the wires, is actually my junk drawer in my kitchen. We have a lot of old wires in there. And for spring cleaning, what I need to do is clean out that junk drawer. Please let me know in the chat, do you have a junk drawer? Could be in your kitchen. Could be in your bedroom. If you have a lot of junk or if you have a lot of clutter, maybe you have more than one drawer full of junk. Please let me know in the chat. Do you have a junk drawer? A drunk drawer. Not a, not a drunk drawer. Well, that's a tongue twister. Let's practice shadowing this sentence here. I will slow down. A junk drawer is often found in the kitchen. A junk drawer is often found in the kitchen. 
See, how many people have junk drawers in here? Radu, I, I have a junk drawer. I have a billion wires in there. Well, sounds very much like, like my junk drawer. Sounds very much like my junk drawer. Angelo, I have seen pictures of Angelo's office. He seems very organized. That is the opposite of having a lot of clutter, a lot of junk organized. It's what, um, if we take a look at the declutter picture, that's what we could say about this here. This person is very organized. And I think Angelo's office is very organized. It is free of declutter of clutter. Angelo probably never has to declutter his office. There you go, Jake. Jake has a junk drawer. Yeah, I think most people probably has have a junk drawer. Human, definitely we have a junk drawer. There we go. Emmanuel. Is there any word to describe a person who you hired to work in your house just for a day or when in need? Yes. Now, in English, we are trying to get rid of gender when it comes to jobs. Okay. So instead of fireman, because it has man in it, you might hear firefighter. Instead of policeman, you might hear police officer. But I think the term that I would use here, it still has man in it, man in it, and it is a handyman. A handyman. I mean, it's probably going to be a guy, not always, but probably going to be a guy who will sweep your chimney, who will clean out your gutters, who will fix your shed door a handyman. You just hire them for a day or two to do odd jobs around the house. So odd jobs, small little jobs that one person can do. Like I said, maybe you need your stairs fixed. Maybe you need your shed door repaired. Maybe you need a small part of your roof fixed. You could hire a handyman to do odd jobs around the house. Good question. Okay, awesome. Radu. Now a contractor. A contractor would be a person who does bigger jobs. So if you need your whole roof replaced those little things on the roof we call shingles so if you need your whole roof replaced if you're building on another part of your house we might call that an addition an addition you would hire a contractor a contractor takes care of big jobs handyman small little Odd jobs. 
Hope that helps. Great, great question. Contractor versus handyman. What is this? Audie. Nice. Audie has sent me a couple videos. He seems like a very clean person also. Yeah. A handyman could work in the home or could work around the home, like outside of the home. Yeah. It's exactly junk drawer to messy drawer. Um, let's see. Uh, outsource instead of hiring. I would stick with hiring because outsource is usually what a business does. So let's say the business is pretty big. A business is going to have to pay its employees, but maybe they don't want to write out the checks. Maybe they don't want to have to deal with payroll. They could outsource that job. So a different a different business would take care of their payroll. Payroll is paying the employees. So my YouTube channel, I edit all of my videos. But if I didn't want to edit anymore, I could outsource that. Meaning I would pay an editor to edit my videos. So outsourcing is more of a business. How about that? Not people, not individuals. Well, Marco, I am glad you're back. Arone is here. Okay, maybe Radu. Outsourcing, that's a great definition. Outsourcing is when somebody different from you hires people on your behalf, as far as I'm aware. Yes, they could. So outsourcing is when a business pays other people to do part of their work. Hope that helps. Hope that helps. All right. Back to the lesson. We did all of these. We were, we were right here. Garage sale. I don't know if this is just an American thing or not a garage sale. But when you have so much stuff, so much junk, what you can do is have a garage sale at your house. Let's say you are decluttering your house and you have a lot of items you bought that you no longer want. You can have a garage sale. And that is when you open your garage, you put all of that junk up, excuse me, all of that stuff in your garage and other people will come and look at your junk. I mean, your precious items and buy them from you. Garage sale. Let's look at an example, example sentence here. Yard sales and rummage sales are the same as garage sales. So you might hear a yard sale. You might hear a rummage sale. It's all the same thing. It's when a person has cleaned their house. They have items they no longer want 
but someone might want it and they will have a garage sale. For example, my wife and my son cleaned out the garage this week and there was an old bike in there. It was too small for my son. He had gotten too big. The bike was too small. So we didn't have a garage sale. My wife just put out on Facebook, hey, does anybody want a bike? And somebody came and picked up that bike. So we didn't have a garage sale. We didn't have enough items for a garage sale. But a lot of times when people have small children and those small children get bigger, they might have a lot of clothes that they no longer need. They might have a garage sale. And garage sales are when people can pick up secondhand items. We talked about secondhand items earlier. So secondhand items are items that people owned, but you bought. And kids' clothes are the perfect example. Because if you've ever had any children, you know kids grow so quickly. You need to buy them new clothes every six months. You can get secondhand clothes. Hope that helps. We're going to talk about the verb rummage in just a minute. It's a pretty interesting, look at this. It's a pretty interesting word, I think. Yes, rummage can also be a verb. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Rummage around. But be careful when you use rummage. Let's talk about it now. Ah, my dance. I thought you were going to dinner. I don't have a garage. I don't have a garage sale because I live in an apartment. Yeah, a lot of times people will just put the items on their lawn or their driveway, and you can call it a yard sale. You can call it a garage sale, even if you don't have a garage. Or you can call it a rummage sale. Um, Regis, sometimes there is no difference. What's the difference between clean and clean out? Hey, I'm going to go clean the garage. Hey, I'm going to go clean out the garage. Sometimes there is no difference. Hey, can you clean the fridge? Hey, can you clean out the fridge? Just like the phrasal verb gas up. Hey, I'm going to go put gas in my car. Hey, I need to go gas up. Sometimes we'll just stick a preposition at the end of a verb and call it good. I'm going to go clean out my room. All right, perfect. Yeah, hope that helps. Clean up. Yeah, geez. Mode eggs. Welcome, man. Glad to see you here. Right, clean up. Hey, can you clean up your room? Hey, can you clean your room? There is no difference. If you say I'm going to clean out my room, it might be a little bit of a deeper clean. We talked about deep cleaning before. So you might actually have items you will take out of your room, but not always, not always. All right, the next one, Freddie, 
We do that in each village every year. We close all the roads in order to be able to put our junk along the sidewalks to allow people to buy your junk. Oh, interesting. And um, in the United States, there is one week in the spring where if you have big items, the city trash trucks will come and take those items for free. A lot of times you have to pay money to take them to the dump. I've talked about dump in one English lesson before. I can't remember, but the dump is the part of the town where all of the trash goes. Now we just talked about rummage, rummage. It's a great word. I think it comes from the French. It must, right? So when you rummage through something, you look at many items in a bunch. You might rummage in a pile of books looking for the right one. So there is rummage. We will make that big. That man, he could be at a rummage sale. And it looks like he's rummaging through the items to see if he wants to buy any of them. But be careful when you rummage through things, you're not being that careful. Those items probably aren't going to break if you rummage through something. You probably wouldn't rummage through a bunch of apples. You might damage them if you do. So when you use the verb rummage, you are looking through things, but you're not being that careful because those items probably won't break, right? Rummage, it's a, it's a difficult verb because you just can't rummage through everything. If you rummage through vegetables, you're probably going to damage them. You don't want to rummage through items that are made out of glass. Yeah, you'll probably break them. Be careful. So rummaging, you don't care. You just like, man, I need to find this book. Maybe, oh. Now I know people like Angelo and Audie, you are too clean for this. But if you have a pile of clothes in the corner of your room and you've lost your phone, you might rummage through those clothes looking for your phone. I mean, clothes, they're not going to break. You can't break a shirt, can you? No, you could tear a shirt, but you're just rummaging through the clothes looking for your phone. That can happen. That can happen. Rummage, any questions? My man, Angelo, a super chat. Thank you so much. You're a remarkable English teacher, Brent. Now, that means a lot. Angelo has been with the channel for over two years. One of the first channel members. Thank you so much. I got a little something here for you. Where is it? Oh, thank you so much for the super chat. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. It helps out. I might be buying a new camera here pretty soon. I'm not sure. 
trading in my old one and getting a new one. And that will help. Angelo, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It is so nice um, when people do things like that, a super chat, because it's like, oh, I'm doing a good job. Thank you so much. Angelo, that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, I'm happy that I, I am sending Angelo out a postcard. It's a postcard that looks like this right there. Postcard that looks like that. I'm sending him one, but he did not have to do that for that postcard. I just did that because uh, Angelo's been so nice to the channel over the years. He has given a few super chats, so thank you so much. Let's see. I wonder if I can do this. I think I can give away a postcard. I have a postcard here. I would love to um, send somebody a postcard. I think I can do it. Let's see. I've done it before. I know I have. Hmm. Please. I just got to find the... Uh... All right. It's taking a little too long. We got a few more to... To draw, Let's see. Hmm. All right. All right. I would like to give a postcard away, but I'm not sure if I can do it. Um. How about this? Um. Leave uh leave the word postcard somewhere in the chat. And I will try to find someone at random and give them a postcard. Just just put the word postcard somewhere in the chat and I'll I'll pick one in a couple minutes. How about that? All right, the next one. Rummage. Leaf blower. Leaf blower. This can be very helpful if you need to clean up your yard. This can be helpful in the fall. And this can be helpful in the spring. I still have a few leaves in my yard that I need to get rid of. All right, I see some postcards coming in. I will pick one person here in a minute, Yulia. I will try to do it at random. And I will try to do it next week too. Postcard. All right. Um, a leaf blower can be very helpful in getting rid of leaves. And you know what else? Lawn mowers. Now, there are two types of lawn mowers in that picture. The one on the left, you can see a person is riding on that lawn mower. We would call that a riding lawn mower. Riding lawn mower. Okay. Riding lawnmower. And the one on the right would be what I have. Push mower. You have to push it. So the one on the right is a push mower. The one on the left, we would call a riding lawnmower. 
Hope that helps. Just in case you need to know what lawnmowers are in English, you can have riding lawnmowers and you can have push mowers. Another thing you might also do is you might rake the leaves. Rake the leaves. So rake can be a verb. You can rake leaves or it can be a noun. And it's the thing you use to rake leaves. And that is a rake. I have a feeling most people, most people know that. You might need some work boots. If you're doing some spring cleaning outside, some work boots. Yeah. Those can come in very handy. Work boots. Here's a sentence for rake the leaves. I rake the bulk or the majority of my leaves during the fall. So the bulk or the majority can be used as another way to say most. So I rake the bulk or the majority of my leaves in the fall. Hope that helps. Hope that helps. All right, let me look through here. Freddie Wolf, you get a postcard, my friend. You were the first postcard that I saw. So I think, are you on Discord? If you're on Discord or check me out on Instagram, send me a private message. I don't want you to have to put your address here. So Freddie Wolf, find me on Discord or Instagram. Speak English with this guy. All right, and next week I'll do another postcard giveaway. How about that? Work boots, eye protection, ear protection. That's what we might call those things right there. Ear protection or earmuffs. But if you are working with heavy machinery, you might want some ear protection. You don't want to damage your ears, ear protection, eye protection. You can also use eye protection. You only have two eyes. You don't want to lose those things. Goggles are one type of eye protection. Goggles. And you can see the woman on the right, she is what she is wearing what we would call goggles. I think the man on the left is probably just wearing some some protective glasses. We would call those protective glasses. She is actually wearing goggles. So if you are going outside, all kinds of protection you can use. Boots, just in case you drop something on your feet. Ear protection, so you don't lose your hearing. And eye protection, 
So you don't lose your eyesight. Don't want to do that. Safety first. Betty, it's exactly what we're talking about. Safety first. Hey, if you saw this past week, I did 10 English phrasal verbs on keeping yourself safe. Safety first. Uh, great question. Alex, what's the difference between earbuds ooh, and ear protection? Earbuds in English, they go inside your ears. They are very small. I don't have my earbuds on me, but ear protection, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's designed to protect your ears. What I'm wearing right now, I would call headphones. They are not going to protect my ears. But this person right here, or this item right here, like it's probably not going to be playing music. It's probably going to be protecting your ears. Did Bob the Canadian say that? Safety first? If you don't know Bob the Canadian, check him out. Wait, Radu, come wait a second. <laughs> I cannot condone that. Profits first, <laughs> safety second. That sounds like something they would say on The Simpsons or something. Is that where that came from? The Simpsons? Prop making money before the safety of your employees? I would not like to work for Radu. Luckily, there's a smiley face there. Luckily, there's a smiley face right there. Semra, welcome from Turkey. Great lesson. It seems like people know this lesson is over. And it is. Thank you, Leticia. Thank you, Cecilia. I hope it was an amazing lesson. It is uh, awesome for you to join me. I do want to give one more shout out to Angelo. Thank you for the super chat. Thank you to everyone who joined me for this lesson, either on replay or live now or on the podcast. I know there are a lot of English teachers you can watch on YouTube, and it means a lot that you are watching me here now. It's your first time here? Well, I'm glad to see you. So, I need to get going. I hope you have Maria. Thank you, Danny. Whoa, eardrum. Radu, before we go, there's another English vocabulary word. Radu, thank you. Eardrum. Did you say busted? Yeah, you can say burst, bust your eardrum. That is when something really loud damages your ear. The inside of your ear, we might call the eardrum. So, Radu, thank you. It's almost like we have extra English teachers in here. Fayez, thank you. Alex, thank you all so much. We will see you. Hey, I don't know, Apple. I think I answered a couple. I don't know where your question is. But next week, we will get together maybe in the middle of the week. I have about 10 more terms we didn't have time for today for spring cleaning. So there will be a part two at some point. Thank you all so much. See you soon. Adios. All right, here we go.
Brent, speak English with this guy. We're doing another hotel visit. And if you've seen one of these hotel visits, you know that I cannot stop teaching English until I make it up to my room. That means I might mess up. I can't stop filming. I might have a strange encounter with another person. I can't stop filming. We are at the La Quinta Inn in Danbury, Connecticut. We are definitely in Connecticut. I think it's Danbury is the city and it's right next to a major highway, Highway 84 it's called. So hopefully it won't be too loud tonight, but if you've ever seen one of my hotel videos, I always bring a big box fan just so there's a lot of white noise. Yeah, that's the major highway. It's also uh, a little drizzly. There's a little bit of rain coming down from the sky, just a little bit. Yeah, so even if people look at me really strangely, I cannot stop filming for any reason. So if somebody asks me to stop filming, I just have to keep filming until we make it to my hotel room, which is 511. It's on the fifth floor. That's the top floor. So let's go in. Looks like people are getting pizza. So it looks like some people are getting pizza delivered to their hotel room. And this looks like it. That looks like a restaurant that is closed. So no sign on the front telling what the uh, restaurant is. But it does say that Brian Patel was the proprietor at one time. That might be a new word, proprietor. It means whoever owns the business. That sign up there, clearance, 13 feet, one inches. That means if your truck is any bigger than that, you won't fit under it. All right, let's go into the hotel. Hopefully nobody asks us to stop filming. Hello. Come on in, we're awesome. Okay, so here's the lobby. There's an ATM in case you need money. side market if you want to get some food here you can it's probably going to be a little more expensive there's a convenience store down the hill at the beginning of the video it said mobile that's a gas station so that's also a convenience store probably a little cheaper 
I don't see, oh, gummy bears, right here, gummy bears. I don't see how much the gummy bears are. Oh, maybe it's over here? I don't know. Hmm. I didn't see gummy bears. Maybe you did as I was filming this. I'm trying to read it quickly. I didn't see gummy bears. They have some medicine if you need it. Let's look. How much would it cost if you want M&M's? So two dollars for M and M's. That's a, a little expensive. Let me know in the comments. Would you stay here? I think it cost ninety dollars. So not too bad for a hotel room, and they give you breakfast in the morning. complimentary breakfast that means it's free like you pay for the room so you're really probably paying for the breakfast too but they want to make you think it's free complimentary breakfast looks a little empty right now looks like if you want some water there's some water for you Okay, I, let's look at the pool out here. <clears throat> we would say that the pool is covered. I am filming this in April in the northern part of the United States. Nobody's swimming anytime soon. Looks like they have a hot tub over there. Oh, I didn't know what this was at first, but I think I know. Do you know what this is? I think. Let me know in the comments if you know, but I think this would be a charging station for an electric car. Charging station for an electric car. I thought somebody was coming. I thought somebody was coming to uh, like, hey, what are you doing? Let's look at all the trash that's here though. <clears throat> we would call that a chair. Lazy Boy is who makes that chair, but you also might hear that chair called a Lazy Boy. That's a wooden pallet. Looks like a bunch of junk there. Mirror, shopping carts for some reason. 
that's a propane tank and here's a grill. Looks like the grill works. Dumpster. I don't think I'm supposed to come back here, but we've got a little, now I need to, we got a little peek at the trash. I need to get my, I need to keep filming, but I need to get my hotel key out of my pocket and try to get in through this door here. Yeah, they lock it for safety. All right. What a nasty night. I'm glad I'm not outside. They do have a fitness center and some ice. Eh, somebody's working out in the fitness center. I don't want to get them on camera. Oh, a couple of people are working out on the fitness center, but I don't want to put them on camera. But there's a quick look. Has some treadmills. If you need ice for your room, I think it does have a refrigerator, but, ooh, water fountain. Very dark, huh? You can't see me. Guest laundry. So if you need to stay here for a week or so, you can do your laundry here. Laundry is loads of fun. Ah, that's supposed to be funny. There is a bathroom in the lobby. Somebody had some fun. Instead of uh, pool, it says poo. If you don't know what poo is, look it up. It's gross. I'm not gonna talk about it on this channel. There's an elevator, but it won't take us to our room. We have to go all the way down the hall to get the other elevator. <clears throat> that only goes up to floor two for some reason. And we need to get to floor five. We are on the fifth floor. And uh, we're walking by the lobby again. Hopefully they don't ask me to stop filming. What a cozy little area. Definitely a good place to be tonight. You wouldn't want to be out in the rain tonight. This is a nice place. Looks like somebody had a Gatorade here. And you could read a magazine if you'd like called Reader's Digest. 
Looks like it's a couple months old. Looks like it might be from December. I'm filming this in April. The magazine is a couple months old. Not easy to say. So if you've seen these videos before, you know I like to take the stairs because when we get on the elevator, it could be a little weird. Somebody could be on the elevator, but it's five floors up, so we gotta take the elevator. I hear somebody watching TV. That TV is very loud. <clears throat> All right, we need the fifth floor. Connecticut. This, ele this elevator, it's a little sketchy when you I'm jumping around a little bit, but it's making some noises that scare me. Some scratches on the door. So if I want ice, remember I'm staying on the fifth floor. Fifth floor, that might be hard to say. I'm staying on the fifth floor. If I want ice, I need to go to floor two or floor four. That is my room, 511. Like I said, it's dark in here, isn't it? It's a very big hotel. Not much to see down there. So like I said, it was $90 to stay here. I am staying here on a Sunday night. So when you come to the United States, it's a little bit more expensive to stay on Friday and Saturday nights. A little bit cheaper to stay on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Not as many people travel on those days. Thursday might be a little expensive, but it's Friday and Saturday that are the most expensive. Let's find the lights and let's see what $90 buys you in Connecticut. All right, got a nice big closet here. There's that fan we brought. Just because we like it to be noisy when we sleep, that white noise I was talking about. Let's look at the bathroom. Wait, should we save the bathroom for last? Yeah, let's save the bathroom for last. Let's, uh. Hmm. Let's try to find the lights. Maybe they're just lamps? There's one lamp. Let's turn on all the lamps. Okay. 
Ah, there we are. It's all lit up. Now you can see what $90 buys you. It's actually a pretty big room. A king-size bed, we would call it. A very big bed. Our son is staying with us tonight. He will be sleeping on that. It is a pull-out couch. That couch pulls out into a bed. We'll just have to move this coffee table. Little desk, if you want to do a little work. I might edit this video at that desk. I don't know, we'll see. It's getting a little late. It is uh, 7.30 at night. So I might edit it later. You get a TV, you get a microwave, you get a refrigerator. You get a coffee maker. Those are our potato chips. That's a cooler. We packed some sandwiches to save money. We didn't want to go out to eat tonight, saving a little money. Let's look at the view. Might be too dark. Nah, not much of a view. We got the highway and we have that convenience store little gas station down there. All right, the bathroom. Oh, look at that shower curtain, huh? Is that pretty? Is that a pretty shower curtain? That is worth the $90. Is it yellow and orange and white? Oh, wake up on the bright side. Little sun there, we got some towels. Huh. Look at that, they went all out. They designed our towels. Put little designs there, little folds. Have some shampoo. Is that more shampoo? Oh, it's the same thing. Two bottles of shampoo. Whoops, what is that? Lotion, lotion. In case your skin is dry, we have some lotion. Oh, conditioner you put in your hair after you put the shampoo. Face and body bar. Soap you use on your body and your face. I don't know about you, but I like to use different soap for my face. Different soap for my body. Please let me know in the comments. Ooh, two. They gave us two face and body bars. 
I think that is going to do it. Another hotel English lesson. We didn't run into any people. I hope you learned a little bit of English. And if you're looking for more hotel videos, right up there, whole playlist full of them. Thanks for watching. See you next time.